everyone, and welcome to Dice Will Roll, the merriest Pathfinder podcast on the planet. We ask the hard questions like, does Santa bring special things to chaotic or lawful children? <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone, and uh, welcome to this year's uh, holiday special. Um, we are doing something of new and strange and confusing for you all uh, in that this time around, uh, I will be the maybe only familiar voice uh, on this show as we are joined by a whole cast of strangers uh, who you will all come to know and love and uh, wish that they were back every week, I'm sure. This week, uh, we will be playing a very special adventure indeed, The Long Night Before Krampus. Uh, a one-shot written by some uh, dear friends of mine who uh, are releasing it as a free adventure complete with a free foundry module with art done by yours truly. So go check it out. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I think you guys will enjoy a lot, especially if you're looking for a last-minute adventure. But let's not waste any more time. Let's introduce our lovely cast for this week. Uh, starting off, we have Jeff. Jeff, introduce yourself. Hello. Hi. My name is Jeff McCallan. I am normally on the Emergency Power podcast. If you like Starfinder, we play Starfinder over there. And then sometimes we play a few other things. We've done some Traveler. Uh, we've done some, we normally do Homebrew as well, but we're going to be doing a, a Adventure Path as well, which is GM'd by me. Normally I'm a player, uh, but I'm super excited to get to play some Pathfinder 2E. I love it so much. Super excited for this character, too, and for you all to get to know them. It, it must be strange coming from uh, Starfinder, where you have, like, mobile phones and space cars to rocks and swords. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Very much so. But I do enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Jess. Hello. I am Jessica Redekop, a Paizo contributor and member of the No Direction Network. I was on the Valiant podcast, uh, an actual play where our characters were on the continent of Arcadia. Uh, and you can look forward, if you are a fan of the dandy archetype, to new dandy feats in upcoming Pathfinder uh, Lost Omens Firebrands. Ooh, excellent. Okay. I didn't know that. That's news to yes. me. I'm very excited. But you wrote some amazing stuff. Um, and sounds like you've got even more coming up yes. uh, down the road. Yes. Uh, the dandy is the single most important page in all of the APG. It's also the only page I wrote. <laughs> it's, well, you'll be glad to know. It's also one of, like, whenever I think about the uh, APG, I'm like, man, the dandy is, like, one of the best parts of that I book. know, it's the single most important page. <laughs> it's it's an archetype that knows what it is so much, and I adore it, that. <laughs> it, the epitome of, not girl boss, because that's not gender inclusive, pat boss, we'll say. Wonderful. Uh, we have Jordan. Hi, my name is Jordan Wynn. I use she, they pronouns. You can find me on Infinity City Reclaimers and Eastwind series, Bone Rollers, or Roar to Heaven, all of which are wonderful, all-queer, actual-play podcasts. Or you can go into my Twitter and heckle me at CuttlefishTweet. Sorry, uh, Roar to Heaven uh, is such a fucking amazing name. I remember hearing that for the first time <laughs> and being mm-hmm. like, whoa, now that, that's a fucking name. It's so sick. Um, that, it's with mechas, right? Yeah, it's inspired by Ava and Simple Gear. Come on, Guys, if you're listening, to, like, come, come on. We, Do you want some like anime violence, but also really gay? Well, you know, <laughs> that's two. That's two people now who are on podcasts having to do with sci-fi. I'm starting to feel like, I'm starting to feel like uh, perhaps there's a pattern going on. <laughs> okay, uh, and Chris, hi. How are you? What's up? Who are you? Oh, I'm doing great. My name is Christopher Rondo. I own Skullstone Entertainment. I go by he/they pronouns, so I prefer you just to call me by my name. I. I'm not in anything right now. I took a bit of a hiatus for 2022, 
but we are casting for things in 2023. So if you're interested in paid work for a AP involving a combination of cyberpunk and fantasy, uh, we are Again, casting for that. sci-fi one, damn! <laughs> and then we're also... Are you hinting at something? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's time. Um, it's time for science fiction. We're also doing a sky pirate thing uh, involving Asian culture. So I am Asian American, so I love to see more Asian inspired content. So we are setting that up sometime in April or June, April to June, somewhere in that range. So you can hit me up on Twitter at Scaldsdale, send me a DM and we can have that conversation. Please do, guys, get in touch. But not yet. Stop. Whatever you do, put, put down. Listener, put down the phone. Listen, we're going to go on an adventure now. You're going to relax and you're going to have fun, okay? Just unwind for a moment. Good. Okay. Cool. We all good? I feel so relaxed now. Thank <laughs> you. You better be relaxed. Give me some more. <laughs> I, I, I'm enjoying this uh, this little ASMR moment. <laughs> oh, I love making my new guests feel welcome and not threatened. I'm just still thinking about this special question. It's like, oh, God, I want to go on Santa's chaotic list. What would, what would he do? <laughs> like... Lawful, I feel lawful kids, he'd like bring textbooks or something, right? Like mm -hmm. something boring, but like ultimately useful. Yeah. Chaotic, you're not necessarily on the naughty list, but it's not the trappings of the naughty list, you know? Yeah, it'd be like some scissors to run with or something. Red Rider BB gun. Yeah. A BB gun is pretty good. Condiments. A jar of mayo. <laughs> That's actually so scary. Fireworks. <laughs> you, I like that because these are things that you could put to mischief, but it could be good natured mischief. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> now, would we like to enter a world of winter magic and festivity? Because we have a hell of an adventure ahead of us. Oh, yes. Okay. Let's set the scene. Our adventurers find themselves in the far reaches of the Irisan province of Wintercrux. The tumultuous weather has forced our heroes to take shelter in the small town of Tam's Prairie. But they find themselves welcomed by the villagers who are celebrating Long Night by candlelight. In the tavern, they find merry spirits that bid them hello with good ale and food close at hand. Candles line the front counter of the tavern to celebrate the season, and behind it stands a jovial elf named Pamela Purr, the manager of this establishment. She is tall and plump, uh, with pale skin and pale blonde hair, eyes the color uh, of icicles in the morning sun. In the serving area, there's a kitchen counter where Ya, Pam's husband and the tavern chef, a uh, middle-aged man with a uh, impressive beard and uh, dark circles under his eyes, uh, gets to work. Uh, he is dressing a boar for the evening's festivities. Two dwarves sit in the serving area, dusting off the fatigue from their day at the town smithy as they grumble at each other about a hard day of work, and they warm themselves by the fireplace with generous amounts of ale. The serving area has many tables, each decorated with a single white serving tray to symbolize the full moon. By the fire wall is a, top, is a tall pine tree, dressed with an assortment of baubles that glow, and beneath it are two raft boxes, presumably for the children vigilant enough to uh, see the small wick burned out to its end. The mantle of the fireplace is lined with candles, a total of 28 so far, with the traditional final candle being a third length of the others. Hal, the half-elf son of Pamanya, stares eagerly at the waning wax of the twenty-eight candle while the dwarves tell their stories, hoping, no doubt, that the small wick soon runs out so he can open his presence. Now, these adventurers, some of them have come from very far away, some are just around the corner. But why don't we go around one by one to introduce uh, the motley crew 
of today's adventure. We're going to start with the small figure who is currently uh, sitting uh, by the bar. Ah! <laughs> uh, the figure is short, uh, leathery blue skin, um, white tufts of hair uh, going all the way down their back, uh, and brown, earthy robes and a big scarf. Clutching to their hip around a belt is a little tin toy uh, who uh, is painted very nicely to look like a uh, beautiful little lady uh, with big blushing cheeks and hollow soulless eyes as she just kind of slowly creaks her head to look around at the other people in the tavern. Jeff, will you introduce your character to us, please? Yes, so the the snow goblin that you are uh, gazing at with their little marionette figurine is Fizzledorp Crumpkin, resident toy maker and recently a witch of no renown. <laughs> the best kind of renown. Yes. I, I don't know if I want to reveal yet what... Like, do you want do you want some backstory I'd say, on them? I'd say give we some backstory. No, like, in a, in a full-length AP, I'd be like, oh, no, save that for later. But we'll see how much happens. And, like, it's better to reveal it now, right? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, Fizzledorp comes through this area every winter season. Uh, 35% of their toy sales come between the Baptism of Ice and Long Night. So, this has been a great time for them. Uh, you know, it's the end of their seasons, and now they finally get to wind down. Uh, but this year was extra special because early on in the season a winter witch came by and purchased one of Fizzledorp's toys and to his amazement uh, cast a spell on it and it came to life. Fizzledorp became enamored with this and tried and tried to get this person to teach them how to do this. How do, how do I become a witch? But they resoundingly rejected them. That night Fizzledorp wished upon a star and the next morning, when he woke up, one of his toys had come to life and had offered to teach some magics to Fizzledorp. Obviously, he accepted, and he named that toy Peepo Standy Legs. Um, this is an extremely cute and wholesome story. Peepo is a little creepy. Peepo is a little creepy. Like, so Fizzledorp has a bunch of these marionettes, but only one of them moves uh, because it is his familiar now because he is a witch by rules. Mm -hmm. And so like you see all there's this uh he carries this staff and on it he has tied like the remaining toys that he has for sale, which isn't many because the season's almost over. And one of them is Peepo and it's just like all the other ones are hanging lifeless, but Peepo is like back straight looking around at everyone in the room. He's standing on his standy legs. He's standing on his standy legs, that's right. What? He doesn't need no help. Boy, oh boy, I didn't realize I was running a horror adventure today. <laughs> <laughs> but Peepo is very pleasant and polite and is, is not intentionally creepy at all. But it just definitely comes off that way sometimes. And if you do catch a gaze at Peepo, Peepo will stare back. Mm -hmm. uh, with those, like I said, hollow, hollow eyes. That's right. Painted on with no depth whatsoever. What are you doing right now, Fizzledorp, as you are sitting here at the counter? Are you drinking? Are you eating? Uh, are you just making conversation? What's up? 
yeah, I think a little of all of the above. Uh, you know, got some food. It's it's late, you know, and you, you want to stay well-nourished if you're going to stay up for a long night. You don't want to... But you, but you want to pace yourself because you don't want to have like a sugar crash or anything, a carb crash. Mm-hmm. Very much so, yeah. So, uh, you know, there, there's there's some ale and there's like maybe a, a mutton leg or something, whatever was on sale, because I know the boar isn't ready yet. Mm-hmm. That's going to wait. Someone should, that yep. poor chef in the back looks overwhelmed. Someone should help him. But yeah, so that's you, Fizzledore. Yeah. Jumping elsewhere in the room. Um, sitting at a big table, probably eating or drinking or what have you, uh, we have a impressive sight altogether. It is a person with uh, dark skin of an almost blue hue and long, uh, shiny green hair. Uh, but most impressive of all is uh, coming out of this person's head as they sit there with their winter coat are antlers. Uh, antlers which don't seem to be made out of horn. Uh, Jess, will you introduce your character? Yes. Uh, Vitasia is a rhyme soul undying. Her, uh, her elemental ancestor was a winter horror, a nymph of the winter solstice. So on long night, this is the night where she is at her greatest power and her antlers, which are uh, icicles that have formed out of the top of her head, are at their most impressive. And she is sitting at the, uh, the table, uh, waiting for the boar, enjoying some mulled wine, and she has a deck of harrow cards in her hands that she is shuffling. And um, periodically, she keeps looking over her shoulder at Pipo. Pipo looks back. <laughs> Pipo cannot blink, but oh, even yes. if Pipo could blink, Pipo would not blink. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Vitazia, are you uh, from around here? Are you a traveler? What's the story? Vitazia is a traveler. She frequently travels through this area, as she does frequently travel pretty much the entirety of the north of Varicia. But she is not from here specifically. Uh, she she typically comes into town to do uh, divination readings, harrow readings, and uh, perform various uh, uh, occult services. Spooky, I love it. And how how is she doing this fine long night? Well, long night is her favorite night. She's doing wonderful. <laughs> That's wonderful to hear. Oh, that people though. Does d- yeah? Does does Fizzledorp notice the 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 eyes on on? people right now uh how how stealthy is uh vita being with her glances over not at all <laughs> okay fizzledorp you've you've seen so so fizzledorp will try to strike up a conversation then with vita say, i noticed you were eyeing my wares i have a sale it's the last day of the sale i'm having a one two three four five sale if you would like to buy one of my marionettes one marionette for two silver or three four five Oh, I see how you have the numbers. That is very clever. Good use of numbers. Yes, Fizzledorp is very yes, clever. Yes, yes, good, good numbers. They are a sequence of numbers. I noticed that. It's very clever, <laughs> numbers in sequence. <laughs> yes, look, look, and you can make them dance. And he, so he takes the marionettes on the staff, turns the staff horizontally... And now they're like little puppets, and he makes them dance by just bouncing. Oh, the the, the puppets are also like sequenced, like the number. <laughs> I see it all come together. Pipo does not seem uh, happy that he's being made to dance. Right <laughs> now. Oh, is is Pipo in the like the line? 
Oh. Peepo is tied up to the staff just like oh all of the other God. marionettes. Yes. No special treatment. Okay, so the, the other marionettes, <laughs> they have like no choice but to dance because they're marionettes. Does Peepo also dance? Or yeah. is he just like frigid legs, like crosses his arms? Like, what is he doing? Derry? Uh, I think Peepo, I think Peepo just kind of is bobbed along limply like the rest, but uh, he does have his head trained at you, uh, Vita. It is like, he is obviously, if you weren't looking at his head, you'd be like, oh yeah, just a regular pump. Uh -huh, uh -huh. He is staring uh -huh. still. Yeah, I'll like, I turn, you know, I rotate the staff about 90 degrees back and forth, but the whole time, Peepo turns their head to look at you. I have special as well. Uh, is not number sequence like your special. Is not so clever. You are very clever. Very good with numbers. Very good. But uh, my special. Yes, one for two or yes, three for yes, five. My special. I will give uh, give you a reading for your puppet. Oh, trade, trade. Yes, yes, yes trade. Yes, yes. Uh, but um. Uh, and yeah, I'll take one off. Okay, so she she accepts the marionette. And she puts her cards down and she spends like a minute fussing with the marionette, like sitting it on the stool next to her and like posing it. And she's like, she's very particular and she has a little bit of trouble <laughs> getting it to like pose exactly the way that she wants. But she starts like arranging like the, the place setting on the table next to her so that it looks like this marionette is uh, enjoying its meal at the table. Awesome. Once she's satisfied though, she picks her cards back up and uh, she points at people standy legs this puppet that you have this uh this uh, at the at su suppose at the beginning of the sequence the zero puppet uh uh this puppet has a big future ah yes people very special yes. very special and and she draws a card from her deck and she presents this card to you which is the devil <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Listeners at home, Jess did slowly bring a tarot card up to the camera, and it was a iridescent horned devil. This is what we call a good omen. I'd like I'm to sure. clarify as well that I do have an actual mm. deck of cards, as suggested, but I did not like hand select this card. I did, I did in fact shuffle them, and this was the card. <laughs> yes, it's a good yes. sign. Yeah, I love Off it. To an excellent start. As this ominous reveal is pulled, and Peepo just takes a, does a little bow for you, almost coyly, um, we're going to uh, pull the camera back from the, uh, this chatting pair uh, to look elsewhere in the tavern, where a large, grumpy man sits on his own far away from everyone else. He is tall and broad, uh, with uh, green skin and... Uh, stocky sideburns and a nice um, woolly coat over a set of armor. And um, on that armor there is a symbol, a, a cornucopia of uh, food and you know, farming product um, all kind of nestled together warmly. He is an orc and he is very impressive looking. Chris, will you tell us a little bit about your character? Yeah, Sitting in the corner is Seymour. He's sitting there with a little bit of food in front of him, but there's also this large like piece of parchment and an ink quill. And he's like, grumbling to himself, a mumbling. Uh, and to his right, uh, there is a pet. There's a small terrier dog. But much like our undying friend here, the, the dog does have this large set of antlers that seem to be almost duct taped on uh, to it, providing this like <laughs> huge thing, probably twice the size of the terrier itself. Um, <laughs> and it's like... The dog's used to it, where 
it can manage it, but it's probably a little uncomfortable. But he sits there, just a little confused, and he's just writing in this um, on this piece of parchment. And on the left piece of parchment is like one column, on the right's another. And the left one is clearly crossed out and just a whole big splodge of ink. But it, you can see just right at the top where it isn't quite covered, it says, Four o'clock, wallow in self-pity. And it's just crossed <laughs> out. Uh, uh, oh my gosh. And to the right is a new schedule, like, four o'clock, make a new friend. 4.30, enjoy a meal. And it's like, uh, but there's like frowny faces after next each uh, each of those other options. Uh, and he, this uh, this man is struggling here. Uh, very clearly just a little antisocial. Mm-hmm. Now, you said that his name was Seymour, was it? Uh, yes, his name is Seymour. Seymour what now? Seymour what, Chris? So he sits there, he has a little frolic on the top of his head, uh, just a little bit uh, furry on his sideburns, and uh, on the top of this journal of his schedule, it just says, Seymour Grinch to-do list. (laughs) (laughs) Honest to God. Um, I I can't comment. I have no comment except, yeah, sure. Um, And also, that's amazing, great, and wonderful. So, Seymour. Uh, as you are sitting there and as you are writing away, and uh, your dog, whose name is Max, um, is uh, kind of, you know, sleeping. He's, he's a tired boy. He does a lot of heavy lifting all day, I'm sure. Well, I mean, even with the antlers, that's heavy lifting enough, right? Um, and as you are going through your list, uh, we pan over to someone who is maybe uh, looking at you from across the room. Would that be fair to say, Jordan? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, this figure is uh, probably one of the strangest in the room, and that's saying something considering we have a uh, witch with a little marionette friend, a uh, sorcerer with giant antlers, the fucking Grinch, and now you. <laughs> um, a small figure, uh, no bigger than maybe two feet tall, uh, with uh, no skin but felt, no eyes but buttons, and uh almost resembling a beanie baby of a tiefling. As you sit there with a big black bow tie and a lovely red cloak, will you tell us a little bit about your character who is uh, checking out this sad, grumpy man across the room? Yeah. Dolce Plops is her name, but most people just call her Dolly. And it's a little bit on the nose because she is, in fact, a stuffed puppet. Um, Oh. You know, once upon a time, there are people, children, or toy makers who wish upon stars and dreams, hoping for comfort and safety and imagination, or just people around for a really, really dark time of the year. And every once in a while, these little creatures or these stuffed friends come to life. And every once in a while, they, you know, become best friends and for these young people who want to become adventurers. And every once in a while, these young adventurers leave off to be heroes. And every once in a while, these heroes don't come back home. And every once in a while, 15 years pass and they're still in a tavern with many other strange creatures right here. And every once in a while, Dolly will go pour tea for all of her friends here, who happen to all be stuffed as well. But they are not awakened puppets or unawakened puppets. They are also stuffed animals who are just there. <laughs> quiet. So you're having a tea party. Yeah, quiet tea party yes. for speechless beings. There is this time of like looking down over at people of like there's this like 
attempted bonding moment, but uh, it's still creepy across the room as you've never seen <laughs> two creatures have so much eye contact despite having no eyes between either of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I feel we have to address this, otherwise people will um, be like, wait, that person's familiar as a puppet and you're a puppet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a difference between you, right? Yeah. Peepo here hasn't grown up yet. Peepo's still mm-hmm. just... Uh, uh, Peepo's potential is still asleep. Maybe one day Peepo will grow up and become a nightmarish, sentient, capable of doing things on their own uh, marionette. But for now, uh, they are assigned to Fizzledorp. You, on the other hand, you have no strings attached. You are a fully functioning person, uh, able to do as you please. <laughs> and what is it that uh, Dolly pleases today? Dolly still wishes to, like, reconnect with some other young person who needs protection to become a hero someday. So that basically means been a babysitter for the past however many years. I was just like, oh, I'm going to be your best friend now and take care of you, or your best friend now and take care of you. Oh, God. oh But right now, it's these little puppets here, and by puppets, I mean additional stuffed animals that were abandoned. Oh, sorry, I'm going to cry on my own podcast. Goddamn. <laughs> um... <laughs> That being said, as even as you are uh, taking care of these little dolls, you can't help but notice the big grumpy man who is like <laughs> humming and sighing in the back of the mm-hmm. tavern. Um, do you want to go approach him? Do you want to say hi? Or are you good where you are with your dolls? Yeah, just starting to stare down Seymour right now. I was like, that's a person who can use a friend. And I have so <laughs> many here. Maybe would you like to try one of my friends here? I have many available. I love this little adoption agency. <laughs> And uh, Max kind of comes up, pops up a little bit, and just like starts nibbling on one of these little dolls that you have. Don't eat them, that's my friend. No, that's not a chew toy. No. Oh, bleeding hearts of the world unite. What, what, you want, you want, how much? Uh, the cost is your openness. Hey, yo. I don't have time in my schedule for that. You can fit it in. Just squeeze in five <laughs> minutes of vulnerability. Mm. <laughs> I can put it after jazzercise. That's perfect. <laughs> you can be open during the jazzercise. We can make the best of it. Kind of licks you up and down. It's like, okay, fine, 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 fine. He like looks up a little bit, does a prayer motion. Fine, 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 fine. Uh, openness. I can do this. Openness. Okay. You can Hi. do this. My my my, my name is Seymour. Hello, you may call me Dolly. Well, my name is Dolce Plops, but you may, if my friends may call me Dolly, which means you get to call me Dolly. Aww. Uh, Yes, Dolly, friend. Has it been five minutes? Oh, and this is also your friend now. Uh, This is Christopher, and you see that there is just like this stuffed owlbear. This is also your friend now. That one's free because you just had 15 seconds of vulnerability. So this is your new friend. Here you go. Just don't let him be eaten. Yeah, Max is looking up like he licks his lips slowly. <laughs> oh no. You know, a little, like a little bit of dog slobber uh, <laughs> coming from his mouth as he just eyes that Christopher being handed from Dolly over to Seymour. Uh, th- th- thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. Has has it been five minutes? It's, it's because I'm green, isn't it? That's why you came uh, oh, over. It's no. because I'm green. We're, we're only 90 seconds in. We still need to do another three and a half minutes of this. Oh... Do, do, do you drink? I can pretend to. Uh, oh okay. God. This tea is decorative. <laughs> yes. <laughs> tea uh, party. Yeah. And you know what they say: one man's talk to sludge is another man's potpourri. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I don't eat, so everything's my potpourri. 
though. Uh, how how long have you been here? Like in here, or just like existing? Sure. Con- conversations are my strong suit. Oh, I'd say about twenty-five days. Hmm. Date days. What? Min minutes. Yeah. Mm. Y- years. Hmm. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> well, th- this ha- ha- has been fun. I'm going to check this off my list now. Okay, we still have forty-five more seconds. Uh. <laughs> What do you do on your free time? That weather, huh? huh? What I, is I your parents like? <laughs> it, it is uncharacteristically <laughs> stormy, I, I will say. And he's clearly like reciting a list of conversation starters without giving you time to respond to them. <laughs> yeah, there is like this like 20 item list of social protocols. He's just going through them all. Right, and she pulls out her own list of like trying to go through the social <laughs> protocols too. It's like, good weather today. Um... It's really not. It's not. It's, oh, it's, it's uncharacteristically awful. It's snowing indoors. Oh, yeah. yeah there, I don't have a roof on this map, so there's snow mm-hmm. just coming in over everything. <laughs> yeah. Just more questions like back of like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite dolly fact? Green. Uh, so, uh, my... We hit five I, minutes. I, you're good. Okay. <laughs> Enjoy your tea. You too. So uh, we have met all our heroes at this point. At least, they don't know that they're heroes, but they will be soon. Uh, we have uh, Fizzledorp, the uh, Goblin Witch. Vitazia, the Undyne uh, Feyblood Sorcerer. Dolce Dolly Plops, the Maestro Bard. And uh, Seymour Grinch, a champion. You're a redeemer of, uh, not a deity, but of a pantheon, right? Yeah, more, more of an idea. More of an idea. Tell me about Hearts and Harvest. Hearts and Harvest. See, something happened during the last long night where really grouchy, and I was like, who needs presents? And there was like the singing, and it was very annoying, and I went around and <laughs> just started cutting down trees and lights and stockings and uh, put them all there, and then... He's a mean one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my heart grew and oh I returned God. the stuff and now I have pledged myself to community, to family, to trying to be a better person but you know sometimes that little cave is just so much nicer so as you guys are talking right now Vitazia and Fizzledorp are at a table together uh, and Seymour and uh, Dolly you are also at a table but uh, who knows for how long before Seymour makes an excuse uh, Max is still eyeing up those uh, other toys uh, because those ones have not been said that they're not chew toys yet. So maybe. Um, however, as all this is happening, uh, coming down to the table that uh, Vitazia and Fizzledorp are at comes uh, Pamela Purr, uh, the tavern keeper, uh, the elven woman that we met earlier. She puts down some food. She has a look to her face of polite cheerfulness, but you can see that she is obviously quite stressed about goodness knows what. Uh, and she puts down uh, your orders, Fizzledorp and Vitazia, and says, Here you all are now, your mush, uh, friend witch. Uh, she puts down the bowl. Ah, and uh, you. your haunch, uh, Miss Vitazia. Yes, thank you, Miss Pamela. How Have you found everything to be all right tonight? Uh, are you enjoying long night? She kind of wrings her hands together a bit. Miss Pamela, tell me, are you enjoying this long night? Uh, well, of, of course. Um, no, Miss Pamela, please. 
<sighs> is it that obvious, dear? It is obvious to me. It's nothing, really. My landlord is just being less than reasonable. It's been a slow year, and, well, these storms haven't helped. We're normally completely booked for long night, but, um... She kind of looks around the room sadly with those icy blue eyes. That won't be the case this year. That awful witch only worsens things when they get together. Always trying... Witch? Hmm? Yes, the... Witch? The winter witch in town. Ah, The winter witch! Do you, kn- ah. do you know her, Ida Buzad? Yes! They are very mean to Fizzledorp. <laughs> well, that does sound like Miss Ida. I suppose we can't be ungrateful for her. She makes those baked goods, but she's unpleasant. Same as the landlord. She's got poor Bag working late so that he can make cookies for her festivities on the morrow. He's still over there now on long night itself. Poor Abraham was furious over the whole thing, and she kind of gestures at um, one of the dwarves uh, on a table nearby, uh, who does indeed look pretty cranky as he's uh, venting to his co-worker. They love this holiday. The one day he gets off from the smithy, and she has poor Bag working until late. She is the bad that the mm. time management could have done oh. baking much sooner. Oh, that's the thing, dear. She was perfectly capable of better time management. She just does not care. Oh, but I shouldn't speak ill of people like that. That's not very much in the long night spirit. Tell me, are any of you going to be taking part of the gift exchange? I know uh, Hal over there is very excited for uh, the small wick to run out. And she kind of gestures at... Um, her son, the half-elf, who has the same kind of blonde hair as her, um, but he's he looks almost half asleep off in the corner uh, by the fireplace, uh, looking at the last candle that is slowly but surely running out. Yes, Fizzledorp plans to participate, but needs wrapping paper. Uh, well, I'm sure I have some left over if you need some. Fizzledorp will happily pay you for it. Oh. Today has been a, this has been a good season for Fizzledorp for his toy sales. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make you pay for something as small as some wrapping paper, dear. Um, consider, no, I must. Consider it me paying it I forward. Must. I've already, we already had one traveler come in and give free gifts. Fizzledorp never does anything for free. I will pay forward. <laughs> she kind of, uh, glances over towards Seymour and Dolly. I think, I think she kind of, uh, waves this. You two, are you two feeling hungry? I can bring you a free meal if you'd like. Yes, all the burnt parts. <laughs> well, come sit up here. I'll bring you some. Again, paying it forward. Like I said, we had a stranger come to town and give out gifts. So maybe even despite of the landlord trouble, I can do a bit of good today. There's many strangers in town, yes? Oh, well, I know you. Miss Vitasia, and I know you, Fizzledorp, and Seymour, of course, and everyone knows Dolly. Yes, of course. Um, this man I didn't know, but, well, it was kind of him to give uh, presents. Hal wanted both of the presents, but I told him he should probably give one to Isolde. Him and his sister have been through so much, the poor, the poor children. Uh, do any of you want to make our first roll a society check to see if you know who Isolde might be? Yes. And uh, Dolly, if you are partaking in this, uh, you will have a plus two to this role because you know a lot about this town. That makes sense. I also know how. Oh, well, this is appropriate. Uh, Fizzledorp got a natural one (laughs) for a five. Fizzledorp, you think Isolde is a nature spirit who haunts the town. I had an encounter with Isolde once. They cursed my father. (laughs) 
Uh, Vitasia's total on the society check is 15. Uh, okay. Vitasia, you know who Isolde is. Isolde and uh, his little sister. Orphans. They're uh, d- uh, two orphans in town. They make do, but, you know, it's a fancy setting in a winter campaign. It's They're going to be a little bit tragic and meek, you know? Yeah. So uh, she kind of smiles a little bit and says... And Dolly, are you finding uh, your potpourri all right? She says she has made you something uh, special. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, and I'm not too hungry, so I'll have one of the burnt bits. Okay. I'll I don't sure know what those are, but sure, I'll try it. I'm sure Yah will be pleased to hear that people want burnt bits. She says, kind of <laughs> joking. And she kind of nods and says, I'll be back as soon as I can. She opens the door back into the kitchen, and uh, for just a moment, you see that handsome bearded man who is uh, working away with the beef, and she says, yeah, they want some burnt bits. And he says, burn bits? I don't burn anything. You know, doors being closed, you hear, and you guys are all together in a group for a moment as you get prepared for uh, a nice long night meal. Fizzledorp looks at everyone around the table and says, how does one pay forward? What does that mean? It means to pay in advance of receiving a service. Ah, I did not pay in advance. No, is um, you pay now and then fate rewards you later. A per- perpetual state of making payments. Why would anyone do that? Like a loan, like a home loan. Like a, a loan from destiny, a loan from fate. Why do I look like a bank? Ah. That's silly. It's not silly. But who 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 gets the money? The money goes into the world and you accrue debts from fate. And then as your debts from fate build up, eventually there will be payout from a destiny. It is all uh, very like spider web. I think as you're explaining this very well, although maybe not well enough for Fizzledorf to understand, um, you hear a <laughs> voice from the next table over uh, from uh, kind of turning to look at you. One of the dwarves um, says, I'll tell you who's not getting the money. The workers. And the two uh, boys here laugh heartily. They are two dwarves, um, both bald, both big bushy beards, both uh, furrowed brows. Uh, they look very similar to each other. Um, like... So I pay anyone except the workers. The dwarf with the brown beard furthest from you, he leans over and says, Oh yeah, you're really becoming a witch now. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. They immediately start complaining to, uh, to you guys, like, you have now, and en- you have uh, unfortunately earned their attention and they are going to start complaining. Oh no. <laughs> the brown-haired dwarf kind of leans uh, in his seat and says, But can you believe any of this? Probably. The, that witch, um, Boozard, yeah? Keeping my my bag in the workshop all night on long night. I want my cookies as much as anyone else. How much could that witch possibly need? She's made a million at this point. She's still keeping my husband from coming out and join the festivities. And at this point, he's not gonna blah 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 blah. <laughs> the other dwarf who is uh, has a grey beard and looks marginally kinder says, "Uh, look, it's a uh, it's a tough night for all of us." What are your names, friends? I am Fizzledorp Crumpkin. Ah, nice to meet you, Fizzledorp, and the rest of you. I'm Vitasia. Dolly. Uh, well, we all know you, Dolly. Uh, okay, yeah. just checking. Timor <laughs> fell asleep. The gray-haired dwarf looks and says, He's a chatty one. Do you, did any of you catch his name? Friend. 
Friend. Well, it's it a, a good name for him. It is good omen, that name. Very mm-hmm. filled with potential, the friend. <laughs> Seymour cannot defend himself in his state. <laughs> um, the gray-haired dwarf, uh, you know, pats a stone and says, My name is Vistil, and this is Abraham. And Abraham kind of grunts. But he shakes his head and says, Ugh. I suppose there's always going to be grouches around on Long Night. I hope you've had a more pleasant day than us here working in, uh, in the smithy. It is ominous. Oh, what do you mean? In good, in good way. The ominous weather. There is the ominous omens all around. Uh, she looks over at Peepo. Peepo's still <laughs> looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> Just staring. He did not stop. He is still doing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the staring omens. <laughs> they watch. I think that does get a good laugh out of Abraham, at least. Um, and uh, Pamela comes out. Uh, she's got uh, those burnt bits for Seymour. Uh, does the smell jolt him awake, or is he still snoring? That stench, it's fantastic. <laughs> she places it down on the table in front of you, Seymour, and says, There you go. That's my good deed for the night. It's the least I could do. How? She calls out uh, across the room to the only other person here, uh, the, the boy by the, the tree. And he goes, uh. It's like, Hal, honey, maybe it's time to call it quits. It's already so late in the, in the night. I don't know if that counts. No, five more minutes. It's almost there. Pam says, well, if you're sure. And she turns back to you and says, you all remember what it's like to be young and uh, waiting for the small wick to burn out? I've been small, yes. I still am. You all know every night of uh, the month of Long Night, uh, the darkest month of the year, candles are lit. And on the la- uh, on the day itself, the last candle, which is a very tall candle, once it burns out, the children are allowed to open their gifts. Normally that means in the morning, come downstairs, the candle's burned out. Yippee, let's open our gifts. But if you do stay up past midnight and the candle has burned out, then you're allowed, it's free game. You're allowed to open them now. Uh, most children kind of take it as like a, uh, uh, a rite of passage to be old enough to stay up for the small wick. And uh, little Hal here, uh, Pamson, seems to be incensed on doing it this year. Uh, Seymour is going to turn to uh, to Max. He's like under the table, probably eating scraps. Go, hey Max, go keep that kid awake. Go, go, go. Shoo, keep that kid awake. Uh, Max fucking belts over and starts licking the fuck out of Hal's face. Hal yelps a little bit, uh, but that does seem to wake him up a little bit, you know. And he he grins. Uh, and Pam's like, oh. That was very kind of you, uh, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, it's nice to have a little bit of cheer this week. It's... I mentioned my landlord, Victor. He's... We've been here all our life, and you can tell she's nearly breaking down. She's, like, holding herself together. You know, we've been here since Hal was but a wish, and after all the years I keep this place open, he starts upping the rent, for, and I feel betrayed, and... My husband seems almost happy to be out from his tom, but I love this town and I love this place, and I haven't found words for Hal yet. He has so many friends here. I want him to have a good last long night at home. And- Fizzledorp has learned about paying it forward, and Fizzledorp would like to pay it forward, and he'll pull out uh, five silver she- and give it to her. I have no idea how much that is in uh, Pathfinder. It's, it's not nothing. You know, like I would say that's the equivalent of like 50 bucks, you know, like if a copper is like a dollar, then a silver is like $10 and a gold is like $100. So you pulling out five silver makes your eyes wet. Oh, dear, I can't accept this. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm just getting 
emotional. The holidays always bring that out in me. <laughs> no, no, Fizzledorp will pay it forward and get good fortune. And he slides it across the table. Uh, during her, like, while she was venting, Vitasia mm -hmm. had uh, picked up her cards again and started shuffling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she draws a card and presents it to this woman. And it is the Seven of Wands. Mm -hmm. And she says, uh, A time of rebirth in your life is coming. You must be brave to overcome the hardships that are before you, but there will be uh, good things in life once you are renewed and once things have uh, transformed for you. I will allow you to roll me either diplomacy, deception, or performance. Your choice. I have a 16 deception. Okay, yeah, I think she looks at the card and she almost perks up and says, Oh, Really? Oh. Yes, it is so. Oh, well, thank you, dear. That... Huh. You're right. I just need to be brave. Fate is trying to give to you. It is the, your place in the tapestry right now is here. And she indicates to the five solar. I think she generally takes us. Well, if nothing else, this will help with moving expenses. Thank you so much, all of you. And uh, a happy long night to you all. And uh, I think she is heading back to the uh, back room uh, when you suddenly hear a gasp of, Yes! And you turn. And Hal is hugging Max. And in front of Hal is a burnt-out candle. It blew out. And I think uh, Pam stops for a moment and just kind of smiles. And Dolly, this is a sight you've seen, like, countless times mm -hmm. at this point right yeah do you want to do you want to go over and uh help hal open up the presents because you're his buddy you know oh yeah i mean like she's 25 so that means like the count is 25 but she can count that high but still <laughs> gonna like walk over it's like okay i think it's time for you to open it up let's go take a peek yeah i think oh, it's time i'm so excited dolly you didn't see the man did you this the the, the man who gave me this present i didn't see him but i'm sure it's a distant friend somewhere Oh, he was so kind. He was a big, tall man with a big hat and a big beard and, you know, red coat. And a, he had a sleigh and everything. Oh, that's and wonderful. He had two gifts and I, I was supposed to get them both. But mom said I had to give it to Isolde and he looks sour about it. Hey, there's nothing wrong with sharing a gift. Do you know what we call that? No. I've heard it from somebody here. We call that paying it forward. I think good things are going to happen now. You mean it? I know it. Okay. And he ignores the presents that his mom and dad gave because they're lame compared to mm -hmm. the, the, the present mm -hmm. that the stranger gave. And he <laughs> oh, opens, yeah. He opens it and there's a little teddy bear. Hey, Dolly, mm -hmm. this is the ugliest fucking teddy bear you've ever seen. <laughs> mm -hmm. It is so ugly. Um, it It is bulging. Mm -hmm. um, like it is... It was stuffed wrong, and it's, like, black and sooty. Um, it, it looks like something Ugh. that was, like, pulled out of a gutter, you know? And Hal oh. stares at it for a moment. <laughs> oh, it looks like my brother. It's uh. ugly. <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, maybe it smells it weird. It smells like oh, eggs. Does it smell weird? And like it goes closer to smell it. Yeah, uh, I will say Max is like barking at it. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is, this is of low quality. I could do better in my sleep. 
uh, why don't we, there are more presents, and we can look at this one. Ow! And, uh-huh. It bit me! It bit, mm, uh. But you see, it has in fact launched forward and bit Hal on the hand. Oh no! And it is in fact moving. And as it is moving, it pulls something. It has something in its hand you didn't notice it had before, but it strikes it against the floor and it lights up a match. And hey, Dolly, you're not really super familiar with this, but uh, I think you know enough that uh, that soot on the ugly teddy bear is not in fact soot. Mm -hmm. It's gunpowder. Oh no. Oh no. It's gunpowder. (sighs) All right. Hey, real fast, everyone. Uh We're gonna roll initiative now. Top of the order uh, is, not surprisingly, uh, going to be the bear. He's lit a match. He bit Hal's hand, and Hal's stumbling back. And he turns to you, Dolly, and he kind of like just starts waddling towards you, like one foot heavier than the <laughs> other. So he's like walking at a weird gait, um, and he is going to bite at you, Dolly. <laughs> and that is an eighteen to hit. So that's an immediate hit. That is going to be uh, tree damage to you. Okay, I can take that. Uh, and an additional 1d4 bleed damage, thank you kindly, uh, because he's bitten down quite, quite hard. Wow. Wow. And he has Yikes. latched on, and it is now effectively grabbing you, although you aren't held in place because you are quite <laughs> are a little bit bigger than him. Uh, but he is bitten down at you. It's... <laughs> uh, and he's shaking his head a little bit, trying to rip a stuffing out of you. Oh, no. With his uh, next action, he is going to smack at you again, uh, this time with his matchstick. That is going to be a 20 to hit. Okay. I do have a fire weakness as a heads up. (laughs) Uh, uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Well. It's just one. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, you are going to take five damage, please. All right. (laughs) Uh, As he strikes at you with his match and uh, it ignites you a little bit. Oh no, your beautiful felt! No, it's everywhere. Uh, well, that is going to be his turn. Uh, the gunpowder bear is latched onto you, uh, Dolly, so wherever you goes, it's going to. It is your turn, though! Yeah, first thing that happens is just, like, running across the room a little bit while, like, the bear is, like, still latched on <laughs> and screaming over to Hal. It's like, I lied! This is not your friend! <laughs> I don't like that toy! It's bad! <laughs> I don't like it either! <laughs> You run across the room, wailing as this bear is just... And then... (laughs) One action to, like, pull out, like, a tiny whip that is on her, and then just attempting to just, like, smack it off of her. That's a 23. That is going to be a crit. Uh, Will you roll me that damage, and we will double it against this little guy? Ooh, that's beefy. That's eight. Wow, max damage. Okay. Nice. Uh, You whip at this bear as hard as you can, and I think you do tear some of its fluffy body, and gunpowder spoofs out into the air. That's a lot of gunpowder, guys. (laughs) Oh, speaking of, by the way, uh, that's going to... Can you take bleed damage? I think so, right? I I, I think so, yeah. Okay, I think it's just your stuffing falling out. I just bleed stuffing, yeah. Uh, that's going to be one bleed damage to you, uh, Dolly, as your stuffing kind of comes out of you. You're panicking over that, but then you hear the roar of a champion. And uh, Seymour, it is your turn. My friend. Uh, ooh, violence. Uh, jumps up from his seat. Uh, he will move 20 feet across here. And his second action is going to be an attempt to shove. Uh, so we're going to roll that athletics check. Okay, go for it. Uh, 7 plus 8 for 15 athletics. 
Okay, uh, a 15 will be a success against him. Uh, you knock him off. Does that, yeah, that knocks him off uh, of uh, Dolly, right? I think so. I would have hoped so. That yeah. was a goal. <laughs> you, well, you shove him off. He is not flying. He goes, ah, poof, and he kind of hits the back wall with a poof of just black powder clouding through the air now. It's almost like smoke, which is less than good considering the lit flame he's carrying. Uh-oh. Uh, with the follow-through with the shove, I will also follow him to the adjacent square. I will pull out a sword for my last action. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. It is now uh, Vitazia's turn. And Vitazia, you are watching this happen, and the dwarves are yelling as they're stumbling out of their seats away from this commotion, and Pam is up uh, near the door into the kitchen, and she's about to open her mouth to say something when she kind of jumps because there's a loud noise coming from behind her in the kitchen where her husband is. And she's looking around. She doesn't know what to do. The first thing that I would like to do, uh, can can I use occultism to do a recall knowledge on this horrible cursed gunpowder bear? <laughs> I'll allow it. Yeah, go for it. Make me a recall knowledge check. See what you know about this bear. All right. My total is 17 on occultism. Okay. Well, what I think you know is that this gunpowder bear seems to be an animated toy. Um, it is a construct. What you know as well is that that amount of gunpowder cannot be good. Um, If you kill it, it's probably going to explode. And when it explodes, it's gonna hurt. Okay, okay. Um, Secondly, can I roll a recall knowledge with society on whether or not it would be good for Pam if this building burned down? (laughs) Yeah, make me me that check, sure. Oh no, I have a nine. Yeah, it's probably fine. Who cares, right? Yeah, she is like it's probably <laughs> fine, right? Like she's renting it. She's not gonna use it forever. Like she's probably moving right. out fine soon. It's whatever. Who cares? <laughs> no emotional attachment whatsoever. Uh, you have one action left. What do you do? Attempt to intimidate the bear. With, okay. Uh, with demoral, I mean, he's a demoralize. So I'm going to draw one of my cards, mm-hmm. the ten of coins, and present it at the bear uh, vigorously and say. Uh, be gone from fate, curse bear! Okay, make me an intimidation check. I have 21. A 21 would scare the shell of anyone, except this bear does not have a mind, unfortunately. It seems to be just a, a toy that has been made to move around and walk, so as you try to yell at it, it just goes, it's jumping at Seymour. And you're like, okay, well, that didn't work. All right, that is, uh, that is my three actions. Okay, Vidazia, that's you. Fizzledorp, this is the worst toy you've ever seen. Um, the noise from the kitchen is getting louder. First of all, did anyone at our table have a non-alcoholic beverage? I had water, which I called tea. I will grab the water, and I'm going to run it down to the bear, and I'm going to try and put out the fire. Okay. I'll let you roll a crafting check, uh, because you okay. are using your knowledge of toys to identify that that's the thing you need to, to fuck up, right? Sounds good to me. I got a 19. Yeah, you fucking douse that match out, and the match flickers out, and the bear pauses, and it almost looks sad. It turns and looks at you and goes, and it's now jumping at you because you've, you destroyed its fire. It's wonderful fire. That's the bear. It's the bear's turn now. Uh, the bear is going to do just that. Um, he's lunging for you now because you have ruined its fun, and he's going to try bite at you. That is going to be a 16 to hit, which is a miss by one. By Uh, one. It lunches at you, and you kind of jump out of the way, and it onto the floor before getting up and and going at you again. Uh, And that is going to be an eight, a miss by nine. Now, 
if this were an intelligent creature, he'd stop. So anyway, he's going to attack a third time. Uh, and that is a nat 20. It's a, yes, it's a nat 20, but it is under my AC. How mm-hmm. does that work? So this is great. Uh, he got a nat 20, but because he has a minus 10 to his roll, he only rolled a 16, which is lower than your AC. So the two even out, and that's just going to be a regular hit. Gotcha, um, okay. He's going to bite down into you. Uh, it looks like ah! it was going to be a miss until the last second where it does four damage to you. And oh. uh, as as that bite chomps down, uh, the little um, symbol of food and uh, all sorts of beverages and presents and all that stuff that's on my armor plate glows ever so slightly. And uh, this bear somehow, as a construct, must reconsider this as I am going to use Glimpse of Redemption. Your foe hesitates under the weight of sin as visions of redemption play in the mind's eye. <laughs> the target can either choose, or the target can either choose not to do any damage or to do the damage. Uh, the ally will gain some resistance, and it becomes enfeebled too until the end of the next turn. Uh, this is not a so, mental action for some reason. I can... <laughs> yeah, that's always something that's been wild to me, but it is what it is. I think what happens is the gunpowder bear is distracted briefly by your shiny armor. Ah, oh, it's like fire. Fire. Kill! Um, the bear is going to continue with his attack anyway and goes for Fizzledorp, uh, but Fizzledorp is going to have some resistance, right? Four resistance. <laughs> I blink one eye at a time at you. <laughs> Thank you. So Fizzledorf, you didn't take you didn't uh, take any of that, that damage. Doesn't even hurt. He just kind of bops at you lamely with his jaw, um, and he's enfeebled as well, the dumb dumb bear. Uh, so that means that he's kind of just off his game now. He's very distracted by the shiny armor, and that's gonna be his turn. Dolce, it is your turn. By now, that noise in the back is getting so loud that even you guys down here can hear it. Um, like you're on the opposite side of the tavern, but there's a real commotion coming from the kitchen. I think Pam has run into the kitchen as well, and you hear a scream oh. coming from her. Ah, uh, awful. Um, I think going to like send out a telekinetic projectile as like just grabbing one of the burnt bits and just like tossing it over <laughs> at the bear. Okay, go for it. Make me a spell attack roll. Well, that's a 17. A 17 is going to be a hit. Roll me that damage as you blast him with burnt bits. Okay, that's two. Two plus four is six. Okay. Six damage to the bear. You fucking beat him over the head with a burnt bit. And he, his everything is kind of falling apart. Uh, he's looking like a pillow that is like slowly but surely being emptied. You know, you have a feeling that he's up to something bad now because he is reaching for something and you don't know what it is, but he is reaching. And it sounded like uh, Pam was screaming earlier? Yes, she is yelling in terror. Yeah, then gonna go move my 25 feet up there. Uh, Dolly, that's you. Seymour! Oh, uh, by the way, Dolly, that is going to be another two bleed damage. <laughs> there's so much oh, stuffing no. in this room. Um, okay, Seymour, uh, you have your sword, and there's a fucking teddy bear on the floor. I raise the sword up high, and I bring it down. Okay, go for it. That is going to be a 14 to hit. You catch him. Roll me that damage. Uh, well, I rolled minimum damage, so uh, one plus four is five damage. That's all you needed to do. He had five Ooh. HP left. Oh, Seymour, you slash into this thing, and the bear lets out a and then it does something you're not too pleased about. It pulls on its cord, the cord coming out of its back. <laughs> oh, And it no. says, play with me. Uh. And then it explodes, like a fucking grenade. 
Will Fizzledorp and Seymour please make me a reflex save against this explosion? A 24. Fizzledorp got a 25. Okay, a 25 and a 24. Uh, Seymour and Fizzledorp, you both jump out of the way of this explosion like cool guys in a Christmas movie like Die Hard. Uh, meaning <laughs> that you are both going to take half of nine damage. So that's going to be four damage to each of you as the bear explodes. Uh, Hal screams from the other side of the room and uh, the two dwarves are protecting him. Max is barking from uh, across the way. And it is now Vitazia's turn. Vitazia, there's a lot of screaming and yelling coming from the kitchen. Like, the bear's gone, but you don't think the fight's over. Yeah, yeah, it definitely sounds like there's something going on in the kitchen. Uh, I think what I'm going to do, though, since everyone who is injured, who is three people are all within uh, 30 feet of me. I think I'm going to do a three-action heal. Now, uh, Dolly is a poppet. Yeah. And normally a poppet, uh, a, a construct would not be able to heal. Okay. But because Dolly has a spark of life and she she is uh, she is brought to life by magic and wishes, she will heal from okay. this. Cool. So you cast your hand and healing energy pulses through the room and uh, that is going to heal. So uh, roll, me that, roll me that healing number thing. There we go. That is six HP. Okay, six healing to everyone. Yeah. Yay. Yay. That puts me full up. Everyone say thank you, Vitazia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Vitazia. Um, Pipo does a little bow at you. He, again, has not stopped. <laughs> oh my god, Pipo. Fizzledorp, it's your turn. Oh no, screaming and yelling. Yes. What do you do? Fizzledorp is far away, but I will spend two actions to get to the door. Okay. And I think I need to open the door with my third action, yes? That's right, yep. Yeah. Then I will do so. What do I see? Well, what you see indeed, in the kitchen, Pamela is screaming as she is uh, picking up a broom and waving it around. Uh, ya, her husband, has a frying pan which he's wielding like a weapon. And there, in the centered room, is something you've never seen before. A little ugly old man. Except this little ugly old man is covered in red fur. Uh, he has, like, a big red human nose, but his eyes are bloated and, like, kind of goat-looking. Um, he's got grey fur coming from his ears and, like, making eyebrows. Big, sharp, sharp teeth and long, curling goat horns. Uh, and from his tail, he has a little goat tail as well. And this little creature, it kind of lets out a cackle. Uh, and he goes, <laughs> Happy long nights to all! and it is jumping around and causing mayhem. It's throwing eggs at the wall, it's kicking shit over, it's biting, it's snapping, um, and it is entering initiative as well. Vizzledorp <laughs> says, this one is much better constructed. Dolly, it is your turn. Yeah, I guess just like diving straight into the room to see what's up. Yeah, you dive right into the room and there's that little creature. Oh, that little uh, it turns to you and it, it just blows a raspberry at you like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, that, that wasn't very friendly of you and then sucks <laughs> don't disagree and then just going to attempt a whip <laughs> okay smack him hey <laughs> let's go <laughs> dolly that is a critical hit yeah uh not 20 uh nice. for, for a mind-blowing four damage <laughs> as you whip the fuck out of this guy <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> he goes, ah, mean, mean spirited. Don't you know it's long night? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not, this is not normal for long nights for me. And then, like, just recoiling back and just gonna cast shield. Okay. Uh, Dolly, a, uh, a force field kind of like pops into existence around you, protecting you from uh, whatever is coming, uh, this king is going to throw at you. 
You have literally no idea what it is. Um, it is a good thing you dropped that shield, though, because this thing leaps at you. <laughs> um, and it is going to uh, slash at you with a claw. And that is going to be a uh, 25 to hit, which is a hit indeed. That's going to be seven damage. Yeah, let, let's let's raise shield then. Yes. Uh, are you going to pop pop the bubble? You're going to block this incoming damage. Yep. Okay. So uh, as you as this uh, attack comes into contact with you, Dolly, uh, you hold your breath, and a shield actually manifests around you and pops with his attack. So he is going to do five less damage. So you only take two damage in total. Nice. Uh-huh. Little creature gasps at this, and then it says, Oh, full of mischievous pranks, aren't you? Don't you know that naughty children don't get gifts? I'm a naughty children. Uh, before, instead of answering, he's just going to swing at you with another claw attack. Uh, and that is going to be oh. a 23 to hit, yep. which is going to be a solid tree damage. <laughs> uh, swipe, swipe. Uh, and with his last action, he's just going to dash around a room. He's jumping past you, and he's uh, running further into the kitchen, <laughs> knocking shit over as he goes. Seymour, uh, it's your turn. Uh, you can actually see this creature now because it's run out of the kitchen area into the uh, into the bar area. I'm going to jump over the bar and try to chase him down. I will let you get up to him if you make me an athletics check to vault the fucking the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. The uh, the bar. It's uh, 7 plus 8 for 15. That is exactly the DC I have in my head. Uh, Seymour, you throw yourself over that bar, and you land beside the creature. And it looks up at you as, as you tower above it. <laughs> bastard sword in hand. Um, Still holding this uh, bastard sword in two hands, I kind of do this weird slide uh, going forward, and using that same momentum, I'm going to try for a horizontal swing. Okay. You swing! Be 16 plus 8 for 24. Uh, 24 is going to be a hit. Roll me that damage. Uh, 9 plus 4 for 13 damage. Oh my god, you nearly cut this poor thing in half. <laughs> it lets out a blast as you slash down into it. And that will be all three actions there. Yep, that's going to be all of your actions. Instead of like wailing in pain, it's just like, <laughs> Naughty, naughty, naughty. We're all naughty here, aren't we? Yeah! <laughs> It's so fucking obnoxious. Vista- uh, Vitazia, it is your turn. You can see it over the bar as well. You're still in your seat, I think, which is very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vitazia hasn't moved. Yeah, no, she she has not moved. She is still... She still has her wine, in fact. Uh, she, she has her <laughs> wine and she has her cards. Uh, I'm going to attempt to demoralize this creature. It clearly, unlike the construct, is uh, intelligent. So she's going to draw and brandish a card at it, uh, and she draws the Two of Wands, and she says, uh, mm-hmm. Shameless creature, revenge will come for you from fates, all of the fates that you have spit and uh, 18 to demoralize this creature. Okay. As you say this, uh, the little creature from acro- across the bar, it looks up at you, and it it kind of shakes as it says, No, no, no! I... I Long night terror for all! It says a little conflicted, uh, and you have frightened it a little bit. You, you're giving him this uh, this warning after he's been fucking almost bisected by the Grinch. Yeah. So he is obviously quite startled. <laughs> yeah. You know? You have two actions left. What do you do? What would I want to do a recall knowledge on this creature? Would I be able to do it with uh, nature, occultism, or society? It seems to be a little guy, a person. Yeah. So I would say society, okay. you tink. I'll give it a try. I will roll society. Uh, my total is 16. 
So you do know what this thing is. This is a crampy. A crampy? And what you know about the crampies is that they are the spawn of a much more powerful, notorious being called the Krampus. A, a devastator of all things festive. But uh, you know that they are very tricksy. Mm. Uh, they can make traps. Mm. So bear that in mind. Yeah. Uh, no, little Crampy, you'll be gone from here. There is nothing for you to ruin here. The festivities <laughs> will not end. And no one, is the most no one will fall for your traps. Your little traps that you craft, <laughs> that, you, that you build while you run around, no one is going to succumb. It's not going to happen for you here. It is not going to happen for you on this long night. The crampy shivers, but it shakes its head and says, <laughs> and it throws an egg at the floor in defiance. Uh, you have one action left. What do you do? Yeah, I can see Fizzledorp. I will cast Guidance on Fizzledorp. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I, I draw a card for for um, for Fizzledorp as my Guidance. Uh, I, I draw the, the Hierophant for Fizzledorp. The Hierophant? Yes. Ooh. Uh, well, Fizzledorp, I'm not sure you know what that means, but you like the sound of Hierophant. Uh, yes. So it sounds like hero. <laughs> Next to is Fizzledorp. Fizzledorp, you're a hierophant or something. So I'm, I'm, I want to run under the the bar door here, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely, uh, no problem. Short. That's not a barrier. Okay. And now that I have line of sight to this thing, I would like to use one of my hexes. Okay. I want to use Veil of Dreams. Okay. What's Veil of Dreams do? You draw the target into a drowsy state, causing daydreams and sluggishness. Uh, you're going to need to make a will save for me. Uh, so that's a nat one. Okay. So you have a minus one to perceptions, attack rolls, and will saves. You also have a minus two to any will saves that are sleep effects. Okay. So you come in here and you hold out your claw and weird magic swirls around it. And the crampy, in the middle of like just causing a ruckus, kind of stumbles. Sleep. Sleep. You will not last to the end of long night. <laughs> He's kind of stumbling around in the spot. You've one action left, Fizzledorp. What do you do? So then I want to use Stoke the Heart on mm -hmm. Seymour. And I want your heart to grow three sizes <laughs> so that you can defeat this crampy. Not uh, again. So you're going to get a plus two to your damage rolls. Very nice. Okay. Uh, you throw your hand at, uh, up and see more. You do feel your heart grow tree sizes. Uh, you could kick this thing's ass. That's great. Dolly, it's your turn. Yeah, uh, gonna go walk over to it just a little bit. And then seeing this effect over here is like, oh, wow, Seymour is being blessed right now. Seymour is my friend and hero. I'm gonna cast a uh, magic weapon. <laughs> As you like, just okay. give like the uh, the sword, like a little poke. <laughs> You guys are setting up for this crappy to get its ass fucking kicked. Oh, but it has to be by Seymour. Okay, Seymour, your sword starts glowing with uh, serious magic. Not only did your uh, heart grow tree sizes, your ability to <laughs> fuck up this crampy has also done the exact same yeah. thing. Your heart is now nine sizes from the original. Doctors oh, are worried. <laughs> it is now the crampy's turn. Uh, the crampy would normally run away, I think, but because it's half asleep, it just kind of yawns. Long night terror be upon you all. And uh, it casts Summon Construct. And it is going to call up an animated broom. And it starts flailing around. Uh, and it's going to use one action to smack at you, Seymour. And this broom hits you with its bristles for a 19, which is a miss by one. As the broom smacks into the floor next to you. Seymour, it's your turn. Seymour is thinking, he's like, 
Maybe Long Night doesn't come from a store. Maybe Long Night, perhaps, <laughs> means a little bit more as he takes this weapon and uh, brings it down. It comes from a sword. 17 plus 4, 21. 21. That'll hit. Roll me that damage. Uh, that would be 19 <laughs> points of damage with all of these uh, oh my buffs gosh. going on. Seymour Grinch, champion of the heart. How the fuck do you smite this crampy? He's thinking about like uh, how afraid the child looked uh, when the bear showed up, and he just starts gritting his teeth and starts relying on that like orc ferocity that he had last year before he had his change of heart, and just brings this thing down and cleaves it right down the center. <laughs> You've got two crampies now, left and right. Uh, the crampy lets it up, and with that, it is smoked. Pamela comes over and says, Oh, my hero! And she wraps her arms around like your arm, Seymour, still dripping with crampy blood. Yeah, her husband kind of comes over and smacks the shell of that crampy with his frying pan. Says, okay, now it's definitely dead. Good job. I uh, push this person away, gently. Yah looks up and says, What was that thing? Where did it come from? And Pam wrings her hands together and says, well, I don't know what that thing was, but Hal's present. It was some kind of monster. And Yal looks at her and says, The present? The one we got from the stranger? But the other present? We gave that to Isolde and Armand, the orphans. Is probably uh, also going to try to blow her up, yes. Where are they? They're in the orphanage across the way. We should we go. We should go. Yes, yeah. we should go to orphanage. Okay. Do you guys want to uh, giddy up and run to the fucking orphanage? Yes. And just telling Hal, like, uh, open your other presents. I think your parents might have given better ones. And then leaving. Hal's sniffling as the, uh, Abraham and Vistiel are holding him. And uh, you guys dash out into the cold. Standing outside the orphanage, you hear the sound of a commotion coming from within immediately. Looks like your guess that something might happen here was right. I kick open the door. You just rush over, kick that shit open. Yeah, not even going to check if it's unlocked or not. As you walk under the, uh, the, the ledgeway and you kick that door, a twig snaps and you're like, huh? And you look up and Home Alone style, a trap activates. And a load of snow falls down on top of you. You are going to need to make me a reflex save. (laughs) Two plus five is a seven. It's a critical failure. Uh Uh-oh. That is going to be double of 2d6 plus three bludgeoning damage. Um, How does 18 damage sound? (laughs) Oof. As you are immediately just fucking crushed by a surprisingly heavy amount of snow. I don't like being one of the good guys. (laughs) Being a good guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is the crampy trap? Uh, can can I uh, cast a heal spell on Seymour? Yeah, absolutely. Go up to him and help him out. I like <laughs> wipe off the snow off of his face, and whoop, sixteen healing. Oh wow, max, max healing. healing. That's, wow. that's nice. Uh, doesn't take you back up to full, but damn near gets you close. Gets you pretty close. I turn to Max and go, Max, you go first. <laughs> I step back. <laughs> I look around for a, any small openings uh, that are peepo-sized. <laughs> uh, there's a window nearby. Seymour! If we open that window, Peepo can open the door for us from the other side, maybe. I'm scared. <laughs> Max is looking dolefully at the door. He's also scared. <laughs> Just going to, like, pick up a snowball and then telekin- uh, projectile over at the window. 
Uh, it fucking breaks open with a smash of glass, and as you do, you hear screams from the inside. It's open. Okay, I'll uh, I'll put Peepo on top of my staff and stick him through the window so that uh, he can well, drop down. As you do that, you hear another scream, and a rock is throwing at Peepo. Oh no! And can you see through Peepo's eyes? I mean, what am I saying? You can see through the window. Uh, hey, you found the orphans, and the orphans are being attacked by a doll. Oh, it's a different doll. <laughs> a different oh. doll. A porcelain doll with a long, like, a, a, a jaw that has been, like, screwed on, but is, like, sharp as daggers. And it's, like, running around a room and cackling as the two orphans are up on top of a table, throwing stuff at it. And then they see you poking Peepo through the door. <laughs> and and they start screaming, throwing stuff at Peepo as well. Don't, um, don't throw things at Peepo. We are here to help. Peepo waves very slowly and very creakily, <laughs> which only makes him scream harder. Um, everyone, we're going to roll initiative now, I think, actually, because now you can see the danger. Okay. Uh, Dolly, you are first in the order. You are right next to the window. You can hear screams coming from the inside. Um, and you know by now Isolde and Armand. Those are the two kids. You can recognize their screams. What do you do? Yeah, is it possible to... Is there, like, a big enough gap to be able to squeeze into the, through the window? Uh, now, here's the great thing. There's rules for squeezing, and they never come up, so this is wonderful for me. Yay. I'm so glad. I'm you can small. roll acrobatics to get through that space, but because it's broken glass, I will say if you fail, you're gonna hurt yourself. That's fine. A 15 is gonna pass. Dolly, you squeeze through, and as you do, uh, Armand, the little girl, uh, Isolde's little sister, she looks no more than six years old. She screams and says, Another toy! I'm a good toy. She's about to throw a rock, and then uh, Isolde says, Wait, no, Armand, that's Dolly! She's our friend! And she goes, Huh? And she looks at this beanie baby tiefling who's crawled in, and for a moment she looks reassured. Then she looks terrified as this porcelain doll with like beautiful ginger locks of hair and a beautiful dress and the world's worst fucking mouth <laughs> is rushing directly at you you have two actions what do you do just real quick like the, the horror between the porcelain doll people and and dolly just like all in front of these kids <laughs> nightmare, it's just nightmare, like, nightmare. It's just a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> nobody was expecting this many dolls um yeah I, I think with that i'm going to take out the there's like the little uh, a second Christopher Albert doll and just going to telekinetic projectile over towards the porcelain doll. Smack that shit. Hit oh, him. Yeah. That's a 24. Uh, a 24 nice. is going to be a crit against this dolly. That's three crits in a row. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah. Killing it. Yeah. All right. That's 12 damage. Uh, holy shit. Uh, the Christopher doll <laughs> smashes one of its arms off. Um, it looks like it's almost broken. It yes. yells out in pain as, like, part of it falls off and it goes, yeah, and still running towards you. These children just saw the destruction of a fourth doll. <laughs> the children are screaming. They're still throwing stuff. Uh, Armand takes off one of her shoes and pelts out the floor. It misses. That's your turn, right? Well, it's the Springjaw doll's turn. It runs at you. It fucking runs at you. And it's just going to try, just like the other doll, bite down. Except this one's jaws look very, very scary indeed. That's going to be a 10 to hit. Okay, so that's a miss. Uh, it chomps down towards you and it misses. And it uh, wails out angrily before it is going to... Uh, I think it points a finger up at the window and it shoots its finger off. I want Fizzledorf, Vitazia, and Seymour to all make me a reflex save, please, as glass shatters out over all of you. 
I got a 13. That's going to be a fail, I'm afraid. 21 here. Oh, no. Uh, 21 is going to be a pass. Vitalia? Reflex save, uh, 17. Um, so that's going to be uh, 2d6 damage to you, Fizzledorp, and then half 2d6 everyone else. So that's 10 damage to you, Fizzledorp. Ouchie. And then 5 to uh, Vitalia at a Seymour. That's going to be the Springjaw doll's turn. Vitalia, it's your turn. Ugh. All right, so this is uh, terrible. Uh, Vitasia is going to cast Hydraulic Push. Uh, actually, I'm going to guidance myself first. Okay, so you wave a hand over yourself, yeah. and you hype yourself up, and you point your finger at this fucking doll through the yeah. now broken window. You know, I would have said you have to aim really carefully to hit the doll and not break the glass on these kids, but that's no longer a problem. And then Hydraulic Push. No! Uh, okay, I used my hero point. Mm, yep, that would be a crit fail if you didn't use your hero point, so go for it. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know what? There's no saving that, I'm afraid. There's a second natural one. Uh, um, okay, you know what? One. <laughs> Santa Claus himself really said, fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, no. that's my turn. Vitanzi, what happens is that uh, I think you do spray someone very hard with your spell attack. It's just not the doll. Oh, no. It's the other doll. Oh, no. Yep. Roll me that damage, my friend. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, that's eight damage to you, Dolly, and you are knocked five feet back by the spray of water that unfortunately uh, just didn't hit the doll that Vitazio was aiming for. What did I do? Now you're sunk. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I did, I'm sorry. Oh no! Seymour, uh, it's your turn. The window is broken, and there's a bitch-ass doll. What do you do? All right, I'll take one action to uh, to push my way through. <laughs> the two kids see you, by the way, and they see you enter with this big black hat and like furry things, and they scream and they start throwing stuff at you as well. So for the second action, I will uh, roll to hit. So um, fourteen plus eight, twenty-two to hit. Easy peasy. That is a hit. Roll me that damage. Uh, Nine damage total. Okay, second time today. Seymour, you crush this doll. How do you smite it? Uh, I think he, like, goes in into the thing. He, like, shivers a little bit as he brushes all that snow off. And a little bit of snow kind of gets everywhere. And he goes, like, oh. And takes this thing almost, like, haphazardly. Swings it sideways, just trying to uh, uh, destroy the other arm in this case. Oh, you don't just destroy the other arm. You shatter this thing into pieces. Uh, the Springjaw doll is ruptured, and it falls into shards on the floor. And you have won! You did it! Hooray! <laughs> and the encounter ends, and the two orphans just kind of huddle back deeper into the room, clutching each other. I'll try to crawl through the window as not creepily as possible. Just, like, co- covered in, in marionettes <laughs> strapped to my belt. <laughs> the kids flinch when they see the toys. Uh, what do you do? As you're all in now. <laughs> I like to check for traps as I open this door. <laughs> uh, the door opens um, and Max bounds in. Stupid dog that he is. Love him. Uh, what do you guys all do? Yeah, I think just like apologizing over to Vita with like these four bite marks covered in gunpowder, absolutely soaked. <laughs> and just like, I don't know what I did, but I'm so sorry. And I hope you're able to have a happy long night. No, it, it was not <laughs> what you. What can I do to make things better? It was not you. It was it was me. It was uh, my mistake. I tried to aim at a doll and I hit wrong doll. Mm-hmm. So to you, I please forgive me. 
Oh, no, please forgive me. I was in the No, way. please forgive me. It's both your faults. All right. Yes, we both. I do agree. We both had some fault. Fizzledorp's going to go up to the two orphans and be like, are you injured? Are you safe? You're safe now. We've we've taken care of the bad doll. Look, it's only nice dolls here now. Armand, uh, the little girl, they're both, they both look very similar to each other. Uh, red stuffy noses, bags under their eyes, unkept hair. Uh, clothes are too big, you know. They shuffle back into the corner, and uh, Isolde says, okay. They're there. They're there. It's going to be all right. Okay. Be on lookout for more trap and more crampy, though. I guess so. Okay. Uh, just gonna pick up Christopher and hand over the doll to the kids. It's like, you saw what this one can do to the bad dolls. This will keep you safe. Uh, our man goes to reach for it, and Isolde just kind of pulls her hand back. Like, no, no. That's... <laughs> I understand. Just gonna, like, put... Christopher in the middle of the room then and just watching them <laughs> stay they will, they will stare at Christopher and Christopher stares back mm-hmm. uh, I will say immediately um, Seymour as you're looking around this place is empty it is abandoned aside from these two kids which is not a good look for an orphanage where are the adults um, the two of them look at each other and I think uh, Isolde speaks up and says Faust hasn't been here since yesterday uh, our man says she saw him outside the window last night on the roof of another building said he was he looked creepy. Oh. Perhaps we should take them back to the tavern in case anything else bad happens tonight. Christopher is watching over them. Yeah, the two kids are just kind of slumped. They, they, they've got the air of kids who, like, you know, they've lost so much in their lives already that, like, this is more like, yeah, you know what? This may as well happen, <laughs> right? Pam and Yar are making roast boar. Yes, there is food. Oh, uh, well... Foss says we're not allowed to have the, the food from the tavern. He says we're only allowed to eat his food. He's not here, though, so... But he'll be back. He'll be very angry if we do something he doesn't like. So sad. Like, I think as you're looking around, Dolly, you see that you're right next to a loom, and you know that the orphans, they're, like, put to work as early as they can because, well, no one's going to look after you, so you're going to have to look after yourselves. Here, we're going to teach you how to use a loom, and then you're going to make money for me, you know? I think you know that Faust is the guy who runs this orphanage, and he is a miser. Something that strikes you, Seymour, is that this place is completely undecorated. There's night to celebrate long nights. This place is great. <laughs> I'm going to walk over to the kids as I as I think about this, and then there's like, listen, kids, Tweedledee, Tweedledum, listen, I will be mad if you don't go and get some food at the tavern, and you don't want to see me mad. Do you want to make me an intimidation check against some fucking Orpheus? <laughs> <laughs> you rolled it so quickly, you were prepared. A six. They look at each other and they say, yeah, but not as mad as Faust. Oh. Well, I tried. There's my good karma. Goodbye. Little children. Oh, no. Your destiny tonight is not to stay in and destroy building with a broken window. You will get... Uh, frost into building through window and you will become sick you your destiny is to go to the inn and eat the boar the boar has been purchased for you already by uh fate paying it forward your tab has been covered already if the man orphanage owner faust has problem with this he will reckon with fate and uh, uh, Vita like brandishes her scissors. Oh, I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> I will tell him. I will tell him about fate, and he will listen. 
with the scissors? Yes, I will tell him about fate with the scissors. That is correct. Make me a diplomacy check with a plus two. Because <laughs> they appreciate the honesty. My total is 18. Okay. The two of them look at each other. Then uh, Isolde says, Well, the scary lady says she'll kill Faust if we go. So let's go, okay? And everyone's like, okay. The two orphans trudge. And they stand out in front of the snowstorm. And they, in their fucking pajamas, and they're like... <sighs> They start trudging out into the snow, making their way towards the tavern. At least it's warm at the tavern. But are they going to be okay mm. on the way there? Like, nothing's going to... I can just send Max. He hasn't <laughs> done much today anyway. <laughs> Max barks. We'll send Max and Peepo. Mm-hmm. Okay, Peepo gets on Max's back and Max immediately bites Peepo and flings him across the room. Oh, no. They're perfect. No, these mongrels, they're always, they're always causing trouble. This is why <laughs> goblins don't keep them around. Yeah, goblins are historically fucking terrified of dogs. Eventually, after some cajoling, you send uh, Peepo and uh, Max out. And um, as they're going, they take like two steps out of the door when you hear a... <laughs> and another trap has been sprung. Oh, it is the crampy. Oh, the no. crampy trap. Yeah, actually, spot on. Jumping from the fucking roof comes a fucking crampy. It seems to have been literally waiting for you to uh, leave the place so it could launch down an attack. And when Max and uh, Peepo make their way out, this thing jumps off the roof, lands on Max's back, and starts smacking the shit out of Peepo. Um, Peepo, no! This Crampy, I will say, is different looking. He's got grey fur, and his eyes bulge a little more, and his teeth are a little more uneven. Um, And he just laughs and laughs and laughs. And he says, well, 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 where do you think you're going now? You're not allowed to leave the orphanage at this time of night. Let those orphans freeze in the cold. You made the right call by sending them alone. Let's <laughs> have a Romeo initiative real fast because this guy's an asshole. Top of the order is going to be Seymour. Seymour, your dog is being s- annoyed by a crampy. What do you do? I'm going to command an animal with one action, which will give Max two actions. And that's right. The first thing I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to buck this uh, b- both both things on my back off. Okay, so I want Max to make me an athletics roll. It's be a twelve plus six for eighteen. Okay, uh, I will count that as a successful shove against both of them. Both the Crampy and uh, Peepo are knocked off of uh, Max's back, and uh, the Crampy lands on his feet. And says, Whoa! Oh, a feisty little mutt, aren't you? Well, don't you know that a dog's not for long night? You're not supposed to have dogs on long night. No dogs whatsoever. We're gonna we're gonna bite and uh, see what happens. It's a jaws attack. That's right. Make me a jaw attack. Speed. Holy shit! Critical hit. I fucking <laughs> max <laughs> off the shits. Eat him up, Max. Let's go. Uh, that'll be fourteen damage for critical damage there. Uh, uh, set seven times two. Um. Max breaks the Crampy's neck and eats him. <laughs> oh! Max fucking kills the Crampy. Max turns around with an annoyed grunt, lunges on the Crampy, bites into its neck, and starts eating it. <laughs> Peepo minds covering their face. Fight over, I fucking guess. <laughs> Dolly's horror as this almost happened to Christopher. Seymour <laughs> uh, walks out and goes, Max, you have a job to do. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Not even realizing any of any of the anything that happened. Yeah, I think Dolly is going to try to like look after and comfort the kids, even though she's soaked and freezing. 
Scrappy isn't carrying anything on it, is it? Now, that's the interesting part. He is. He's got a little pouch. A pouch full to the brim with all sorts of clutter, but most notably, a journal and a single shortbread cookie. Cookie? It looks like perhaps this Crampy was raiding Faust's office upstairs when he jumped down and attacked. Hmm. What do you guys do? Read the journal. It seems that this is the journal of one Mr. Faust, the, uh, the caretaker of this orphanage. And it says, Tomorrow is the night. Damned Brownell and his love of long night. I can't tell if he was paranoid or overly festive. <laughs> Maybe both. These four shortbread surveyors used to be a specialty of Brownell's. Something about his old day job. I ate one, and I saw his ugly mug again, saying, I love you, and I'll always be there. But luckily, I know where the proper inheritance is now. The damn cookies run about 40 gold each when fresh. But that much in just cookies, he must have hidden a fortune away for these brats. All I had to do was eat one, and I saw where to go in the forest. He's hidden it under a special tree, the bastard. Ha! I hope the storm doesn't hit too hard. I'll want to load up for a sleigh with all the goodies he's tucked away. Then, finally, I can be rid of these brats once and for all and move south. Someplace with no more bloody snow. It seems these orphans are worse off than they should be. They have a sizable inheritance awaiting them. Yes, orphanage man seems like owns orphanage just to steal from orphan. Quite. Little Crampy go into office and steal the journal and cookie from Orphanage Man? Hmm. Maybe we should go to this special tree that's mentioned in the journal, and perhaps we will see Faust there. But the only way to find that special tree is to eat the last cookie. I think we should confer with children. Uh, show them journal. Do not want to steal cookie from children. That is, um... Very uncool. But <laughs> if children give us permission to eat cookie to get information, we can share cookie information with children and also find Orphanage Man to uh, have conversation about fate. Or they can take us to the place if they learn its whereabouts. Yes, but they will need jackets. Agreed. We're going to cut to those children, actually. Because, Dolly, you've been with those kids. And you know that the kids are, uh, how to put it, depressed? Yeah. Um, you've known them. Their mom died when they were young. Their dad died after being run over by a carriage last year. They've been living miserably in this orphan. They don't really have much to say, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, their life was already bad before their dad died, you know? And now they're being, like, put to work, and ugh, it sucks. Mm -hmm. um, the two of them are just trudging silently through the snow back towards the tavern, uh, freezing cold. Yeah, I, I think, like, about every 30 seconds, she'll just give a reminder to them, like, don't worry, we're almost there. And then, don't worry, we're almost there, just a little further. And she'll just say that, like, the entire trip there. And then it's like, so, what are you looking forward to? There's going to be really good food, there's a boar roasted up, and then I think there might be presents we might be able to set up along the way as well. Is there anything that either of oh. you really, really want? And just, like, spamming with questions. Armand uh, doesn't say anything, but he still looks at you and says, I don't deserve presents. <laughs> Everybody deserves presents. Not me. Good presents. Why Why don't you deserve good presents? And I think he, like, looks morosely off into the distance. Uh, and he says, Before our dad died, he promised he'd bring presents one day. 
and I had to go on a trip and I told him I hated him for it. Then he died. And I know if I said I loved him, he'd be fine. Well, do you still hate him? Or did you really hate him? No, but that doesn't matter because I told him I hated him and he was probably really sad and thought I hated him when he was run over. I think he wants you to be happy, though. He doesn't want anything because he's dead. You can still want things. No, not him because he's dead. Oh, that's not true. I didn't exist, and then I just happened. He is it is true. He is dead. <laughs> oh no! But like, <laughs> oh no! I think that this, he, this is the out. most sad child you have ever spoken. Like Dolly, you talk to a lot of kids, mm-hmm. and a lot of sad kids. Armand and Isold are just worse oh, yeah. off than any <laughs> others you've ever met. Yeah, just the entire time. He's like, "Oh no, we, I'm going to fix that, or we can fix that along the way." What other gifts? Let's see. Let's see. I think some toys are I know, nice. Whatever gift it is, it doesn't matter because it's my fault that dad died. Hmm. I don't think so. And there's going to be like this, like really passive doubting the entire time. <laughs> do you want to, do you want to try talk to him about it? To like give him like a pep talk? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. That's a, a 19. 19. Okay. What do you say to him to convince him? Because I think whatever it is, it works. She'll just look over. It's like, well, I think it's really about what you want, because I didn't really exist until people just had wishes and dreams and wanted things, and sometimes things can just really nicely happen. Fate is really weird, and it's sometimes unfair, but if you don't think you deserve it, then I think you can still get something nice. He turns and looks at you with these big wet eyes, and like he sniffles, and he says, You mean it? Yeah. Bad things happen sometimes, and it's not your fault. Bad things happen because things happen. He sniffles. And if we walk just a little bit further, I know some good things will happen. Okay. Okay. And I think you have cheered him up. Yay! And then the crampy runs out of the snow, goes, ah! and no. grabs at our man, and fucking drags her in, away into the darkness. And no. this old goes, no! Aw, oh, man! As he's, like, standing there, as this crampy, out of fucking nowhere, just dragging this screaming child into the darkness. And she is gone. Do you have dark vision? Uh, I don't. Oh, my gosh. Do you're you serious? I don't. Do you have Is dark the dog? Vision? You were kidding. <laughs> I do the have dog's dark... barking. Wait. Wait, I do have dark vision. You do? Oh, yeah. that's excellent. You can see where they're going. Cool. <laughs> the bakery. That's great. All right, so gotta look over to her like a soldier. Like, hey, almost there. It's just like a little bit further. You understand that I need to go right there right now, right? He picks up a stick like he's going to go after his crampy. He's like, no, 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 no. It's all, we're almost there. You go and get you some food and we're both going to meet you back. I'm not leaving my sister alone, he says. He's, he's been encouraged by your words and now he's being foolhardy. Okay, fine. Just get like a tiny little dog and grab the hand. It's like, okay, we're just going to go there then. Let's go. <laughs> okay. I think this, as this is happening, by the way, the rest of you show up. You're seeing that uh, Dolly is yanking on um, Isol's arm and uh, Isol has a stick and they're pointing into the darkness. And I think anyone with dark vision, which Seymour and Fizzledorp, both of you have, not Yvitazia, you don't know what's going on. You're too cool for this. Um, you can see, uh, you can all hear Certainly, you don't need dark vision to hear. Uh, our man being s- dragged away screaming. And Seymour uh, and Fizzledorp, as you catch up with Dolly, you can see that uh, uh, Crampy has pulled Armand into the bakery. Let's go! We have to save them. Do you do you run up to the do you run up there? Do you get get up? Go? 
run. I run as fast as I can. Yes. Am I able to uh, message spell Armon? Uh, yeah, sure. I think she's within range. Okay. Yeah, and then just going to like whisper over is like, hey, don't worry. We're gonna go. We're gonna get you. Good things are gonna happen. If there's anything you can say back, feel free to say it now. Ah, uh, I don't want to go in the oven. Ah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got. <laughs> Noted. Okay, everybody, she doesn't want to go in the oven. The oven? <laughs> what does that mean? That is understandable. <laughs> I'll, I'll open it. Okay, you open the door. Uh, inside, this, it seems to be the bakery. Uh, you can see that there is snow all over the floor, um, and it is pushed past the bar uh, into the back. Uh, it is going into the baking section of the uh, place. Uh, hello, uh, Seymour Grinch here. Like to buy some croissants. No joy. No one's saying anything. But you can see that the door to the back is open and light is flickering from within. What do you do? Uh, we'll take out the shield at this point and mm-hmm. head head in. We'll raise the shield and head in. Well, as you raise the shield and run in, you see a crampy. And she's dragging Armand through this place. Doesn't seem to be throwing her into the oven or anything. And uh, she looks up and says, uh, Oh, well, you've interrupted me in the middle of my very special delivery. Don't worry, I mean her no harm. Unlike with all of you. And she points. And as she points, the oven starts to jiggle a little bit. And then, bursting out of flames, comes a cookie. And another cookie. And another cookie. Oh, they're little guys. They're little gingerbread men. Oh, I see. Oh, no. Why do they have knives? Oh, no. Of course. <laughs> a swarm of gingerbread men holding candy canes sharpened into knives pop out of the oven, freshly cooked. And uh, the crampy is dragging Armand by the hair through this building and seems to be heading for the back door. Yikes. And everyone, we're going to roll initiative again. Fizzledorp. Uh, Fizzledorp, you are... You're kind of hurt. You haven't had a chance to heal after the assassination attempt at the orphanage. Yeah. You are standing in the back of the bakery. Uh, festive treats all over the place. It looks like this place was being baked, like it was still being used until very recently. And uh, yeah, what do you do? I'll say to Seymour, you help the child. I'll take care of these. And I'm going to step up to these gingerbread soldiers and I'm going to use my haunting hymn to... Okay. Echo a jarring hymn that only creatures within this 15-foot cone can hear. Okay, and, go uh, for it. I'm going to need a fortitude save. Okay. Uh, that is going to be a nine, almost a crit fail. Okay, so you're going to take uh, four sonic damage. Okay. Uh, Fizzledorp, you... Uh, power out a haunting wail from you. And I think on your shoulder uh, Peepo does a little twirl you know, dancing along to your screen. Uh, that sound pushes through the swarm of gingerbread men as they kind of, some of them crumble immediately. They are cookies. Uh, most of them don't. Most of them continue charging at you. Next in the order, uh, Dolly, it is your turn. Yeah, so I think Dolly is going to like move up um, by the gingerbread folks here and then try to use uh, grim tendrils to shoot the crampy as well as the gingerbreads. Ooh, catch all of them? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Tentacles burst out from the floor causing Iron Man to scream. Not Isolde. He's being brave. 
Fortune save on for this. That is going to be a failure for the shortbread swarm. Uh, and for the uh, for the crampy, that's a 19. That's a success. Yeah, so like there's like these like black tentacles that just like shoot straight out of Dahlia's heart that just like try to just grab and strike away whatever's there. It's not a huge amount. It's just going to be five negative damage. So that'll be five damage to the swarm. You cr- like a few more of them uh, crumble into nothingness. Um, but the crampy doesn't look that ha- uh, badly hurt. She's just kind of cackling as she's dragging Armand away. Seamore, uh, it's your turn. Um, Dolly has uh, Dolly and uh, Fizzledorp have uh, started smacking on these uh, gingerbread men, but that crampy does not look even a little bit hurt. What do you do? Max, stick him! Uh, Max is going to uh, go over there and using its deer elk horns that have been duct taped on, we're going to attempt to shove it, Derek. Okay, go for it. So let's go ahead. She's a very different crampy now that you get a good look at her. Her fur is icy blue and she's wearing an apron with twisting goat horns. Kind of cute. <laughs> uh, that would be a little bit. 14 yeah. athletics check. Okay, a 14 athletics check against her fortune DC. Uh, that's going to be a fail, actually. Oh. You try, like, he tries to headbutt, uh, or, like, you know, pull uh, the crampy away from Armand, but he, the, the crampy just kind of bats him away and says, Nah, I don't think so. I've got very special things for these two. That's right, boy, I'm coming for you next. Yeah! All right, well, the Grinch is going to run up and try to do the same thing, but using the shield this time. Is that the fucking Grinch? <laughs> <laughs> 22 for this particular shove. A 22? That is going to work. <laughs> you grab the crampy by the face and whack her at the door, <laughs> pulling her off of Iron Man, who screams in terror. And she goes, Nasty, 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 nasty adults. Getting in the way of good times for the children, are we? Mm, I'll have to put a stop to that. <laughs> uh, I am the Grinch that stole Long Night. And I'm sorry. Wham. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will say real fast, Fizzledorp, you'll make me a perception check. I would love to make you a perception check. And that is a 13. Something here seems familiar, but you don't know what. Hmm, I can't put my finger on it. It's probably nothing. Vitazia, it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, I am going to uh, do a two-action heal on Dolly. Okay. You raise a hand and healing energy pulses through the air, yeah. sewing up some of Dolly's ripped seams. Thank you. She needs it. She is battered. Oh no! Oh. Uh, so nine. <laughs> hey, that's still good. <laughs> that hey, that literally takes you up to nearly max health. Yeah. You are that's, nine <laughs> healing is still pretty yeah. fucking good. Yeah. Nine's and good. And then uh, she is going to draw one of her cards, brandishing it at the uh, the crampy and attempt to demoralize. Okay, make me uh, an intimidation check. Uh, 20. A 20 is going to be a success, and just about. brandishes yeah. the five of wands. It's going to uh, brandish the card and say, trying to take children will be a big struggle for you. The end of your trickery is nigh. Uh, I think she is certainly startled by, oh, sorry, I accidentally locked the door several times instead of uh, friend. Uh, she seems startled by you, like, yelling at her, but she shakes her head and says, Nah! Yeah, so that's the end. Of, that's her. <laughs> Real powerful debaters in this house. Yep. Um, 
<laughs> that is your turn, Vitasia, right? Yes, that is my turn. That is all my actions. Okay. Uh, cookie time! Uh, the shortbread swarm surges forward and uh, descends upon uh, on you, Dolly, I'm afraid. That makes sense. And uh, they are going to use one action to move, then one action to use swarming gumdrops. Uh, you're going to make me a reflex save or be beaten the shit out of by a ton of gingerbread men climbing <laughs> up on top of you. All right. That's not ideal. That's a failure. They they fucking mosh pit you. That's going to be four damage to you. <laughs> oh. oh, Dolly. <laughs> and then they're going to use another action to continue uh, just dropping, drop kicking you, like stomping you as they go. <laughs> that's 16. Okay, so you're going to take half of this damage now. Uh, so that's two damage. Yay! And they're just stabbing you and poking you with their spears and just generally being nuisances. It is the Crampy's turn. And the Crampy's a little frightened. Uh, and she says, uh, No, no, no. That simply won't do. Cookies! And she flicks a finger out. The spears in the cookie's hands sharpen. She used magic to make them more good at killing. Those candy oh. canes in their hands are... They turn from, like, little spears into, like, swords and flails and, like, all sorts of instruments of torture and just made of pure glucose. And they start waving those around, ready to rip up Dolly. This little peppermint and, shiv. <laughs> and she grins and says, And now, if you don't mind. And she turns, and she's not catching Armand in this, but she is point-blank going to cast Chilling Spray on you, Seymour. So, Seymour, you need to make me a reflex save. All right. That is a 14, which is a failure. Okay. Uh, ice blasts out this crappy's hand into you, and it goes rough. Um, that is going to be six cold damage, and uh, for two turns, you're going to have a minus five penalty to your speed. Uh, as ice kind of forms around your, like, it frosts over your sideburns and your coat, and your everything's just kind of stiff, you know? Uh, and she cackles, and you've not seen a crampy use magic before. That's quite startling. Uh, next in the order is going to be Fizzledorp. Fizzledorp, I want you to make me another perception check for free real fast as this crampy goes... <laughs> Uh, this time it's a 21. Oh my god. Fizzledorp, your jaw drops. You know that laugh. Wait. You've heard it before. Many times, in fact. And you despise it. Wait. Because that is the laugh of a winter witch. That witch! That's Ida Buzad. That's the witch who, who forsook you, or whatever. The one who makes the cookies. That's her. This is her bakery. That's why she ran Ida. in here. You turned me away from your coven, and now I'm a witch anyway, despite <laughs> your efforts. I don't know I'll what show you're talking you. about. I'll Ma show you who's the better witch. I literally have no idea who you are. <laughs> and I am going to use my hex veil of dreams on this crampy slash Ida. Mm-hmm. So if you could please make for me a will save. Okay. Uh, that is a success, 27. Okay. So you are still going to take a minus one to perception attack rolls and will saves and a minus two to sleep effects. Because lucky me, hexes, basically, unless you crit success, they still do a thing. Yeah, that's right. Which is great right. for me. Because the next thing I'm going to do is 
for the other two actions, I'm gonna cast sleep on them. Long night is too long and you're getting drowsy. You're gonna make a DC 18 will save, <laughs> but you've got a minus two because of the Veil of Dreams. Uh-oh. Okay, well, let's see. That's going to be... Are you fucking serious? <laughs> oh. Oh. Hmm? Oh. <laughs> Oh, is that a mm-hmm. is that a natural one I see? That's what it looks like. That's I, I, I see a natural one. Oh dear. In that case, <laughs> in that case, the creature falls unconscious. Ooh. She just collapses in a pile on the floor. She lets it out. <laughs> Who's the witch now, Ida? That's her fast asleep on the floor. You have proved yourself to be a mighty witch. Dolly, it's time to prove yourself a mighty uh, Dolly and not get killed by these short rats. What do you do? Yeah, um, I think using the crumbs of like another short red, she's going to just like kick the crumbs as her version of telekinetic projectile. Oh, that's 24. That's a... Yeah, that's going to be a hit. <laughs> not a crit, nearly a hit crit, but uh, it is a hit. Roll me that damage. That is a six. Six? They had four HP. Yeah, I think she's just, like, walking around, stepping on some of them, and then kicking some of them around as telekinetic projectile into each other. (laughs) (laughs) I think that works. Uh, The cookies collapse into dust, and you have saved everyone. Yay! Uh, That is, you have one action left, I believe. Uh, Right now, the crampy is asleep on the floor, uh, and she will wake up soon, but she is asleep. What do you do? Uh, Just gonna go walk in between. Uh, right next to the crampy, just to make sure, like, Armand's okay. <laughs> okay, Armand is crying, but she's not, like, dead, so that's something. Mr. Grinch, it's your turn. Uh, the crampy is, uh, sleeping on the floor. Uh, are you gonna do anything about that, or what? So we'll go ahead, and we'll do one strike, we'll raise a shield, and then we'll do doggle strike toys. Go. Okay, go for Max is really good against these things, in a way. Uh... <laughs> So you rolled a two, which is a 12 total. And that hits her because she's asleep. Uh, that's, that's literally her AC. That's, that's a plus. That's 11 damage uh, with the bastard sword. Crash. Uh, okay. And then we'll send the do- our Max in to attack twice. Okay, go for it. Go on, Max. Eat her up. No fucking way. <laughs> no. Max. Max. Legend. You know, Max devours. I thought... This is just going to be a dead weight pet, but I was I was wrong. <laughs> Max is a murderer. Max will do 16 oh damage oh. total. Good lord. <laughs> Max mauls the shit out of crampy. She's not dead, but she's nearly... She, she has almost certainly woken up by now, right? Is that how sleep works? If, like, yeah. something stirs you, you if, wake if up? If anything happens to them, then they wake up. Right. <laughs> yeah. So Max is, like, fucking gnawing on her. Second. And she, oh, that was very close to a nat one. Yeah, they are prone, though, still, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she wakes up and she's like, ah, Max is just fucking. <laughs> How much damage Max is that? Max will do another five damage with his second jaw attack. She had five HP left. Yes! Oh, beautiful. Max fucking devours this fucking crampy. And he, he barks pleased, blood oozing from his uh, maw as the two orphans hug each other tight. Woo! We got it! Are you alright? Where is Dwarf? As you say that, Vitasia, you hear a dunk coming from the fridge. There's a big fridge, like a freezer room, you know, like with the like big heavy doors. Let's, uh, let, let's, 
They must be in there. Let's let them out. And you push the door open, and lo and behold, inside this freezer, there's a dwarf, and he's tied up, and he's got a runny nose. You must be Bag. <laughs> Untie the, the mouth fabric and pull off You have all to of watch out. Knots. That crampy, it's the ice witch. Oh, yes, we already kicked her ass. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> can I get out to the fridge now? Absolutely. Uh, and you, I'll untie him. <laughs> yeah, you untie him. He rubs his fists. Oh, the ice witch, something terrible happened. In the, She left for a few hours, and then she came back, and when she was, she was a horrible creature. And she tied me up and threw me in the fridge, started ranting about how she was going to punish this town, and... You should go to tavern, get a boar, eat food. <laughs> and he looks at you with this, like, sad face, like, uh-huh. Is, is this the orphans? What yeah. are you two doing here? And he sold oh. says, I'm here to save my sister. We have a cookie for them. Yes, orphans, uh, read, read this journal entry in this journal of the man who owns your orphanage. They look at each other, and they look at you, and they take it. And I think, um... I think uh, Isol's eyes widen. First, it says here that Fast stole stole one of our cookies, and that Papa buried some money under a tree, a special tree. Yes. So I we mean, we have second cookie, and we have two ways that we can go about situation with second cookie. Uh, option one is that one of you will eat it, and then you will take us to trees so that we can have a conversation about fate with this man. Option two is that we will eat it, we will tell you about it, and then we will go to tree to have conversation about fate. Um, I think Isolde looks at you all, and he sniffles a bit and says, These are the cookies that Papa used to make for us. Yes. He would make them when he went on trips so that we could see the places he'd been. He kept one for us. Yes. There was meant to be one for both of you, but Orphanage Man took. Fast took the other cookie? He ate it, and that is why he is going to treat to steal from you. If it's alright, would I be able to eat the cookie then? Yes. I can share it with Armand. Yes, you eat cookie, and then you tell us where Tree is, and we will have conversation about fate. Uh... The two orphans shared a cookie, and their eyes kind of widen as they stare into space, and they, you know, kind of tear up and hug each other. You know from the journal that they're seeing a vision of their dad telling them that he loves them. Oh, Dolly's been nodding along the entire time, even though she's totally clueless about all of this. We should get these children their, their well-earned... Dinner. Inheritance and dinner. Yes. Um, I think Isold nods a little bit and says... I know where the tree is. It's it's the tree that we used to play games at. I can take you. You need jacket. Um he looks around and he he goes uh there's a jacket that clearly belongs to a fucking winter witch um like on a, a hanger nearby and he takes it <laughs> and he puts it one arm around him, one around arm around Armand and he says that'll do. Yes, good. And uh uh so if you'd like you can all head out into the snow and see this strange tree, and maybe catch Faust. You are guided into the woods by these two orphans. And as you are going, Isol points and says, over there, that's the tree. 
And indeed, there is a big tree. But weirdly enough, it's not... There is a guy there. How curious, who could have foreseen this? <laughs> a tall man is standing just by the tree with his back towards all of you. Armand kind of clutches Isolde's sleeve and says, That's not Faust. Does this man meet the description of the stranger? Well, he's very tall, mm -hmm. very broad. Mm -hmm. uh, big, tall hat, mm -hmm. big red coat. Mm -hmm. And as he turns and looks over his shoulder, big, bristly, black beard. Mm -hmm. Stop right there. The stranger just kind of looks at you all, like, inquisitively, before snorting just a touch and says, Yes, I'm stopped, can't you see? It doesn't look like I'm going anywhere. You are one who gave toys to children. The, um, the ugly toys. <laughs> How ungrateful. I give free toys to the children. And you call them ugly, of course. They also exploded. They exploded and bit people. They were some of the poorest quality toys I had ever seen. And uh, he kind of like turns and says, only the naughty children got those toys. Good children, like... He kind of looks at uh, the two orphans. Oh, like these two. They wouldn't get any toys of the sort. They were given toy because you give two toys to a boy. And that boy's mother says, boy, you will share these toys with the other children. And they share the toys. And so these children also got your toy. I think that makes him quirk an eyebrow, like, hmm. So he shared. Yes, he shared. How fascinating. Maybe I should have taken that child as well. Well, <clears throat> and he kind of like clears his throat and crawling out from between the trees comes a sleigh. And I say crawling out because it crawls out. No. Uh, oh, no. The sleigh has eyes and a long <laughs> drooping tongue. And I think you quickly recognize it's a mimic. Oh my gosh. And no. the stranger takes off his hat. And underneath the hat, surprise, surprise, everyone, you'll never see this shit coming, are two giant horns. And that beard you saw, that big black bristly beard, it's actually everywhere on his face. And his yellowing teeth, they come out all sharp and pointy. Standing before you, is none other than the legendary Krampus. Children, come here. Come into my sleigh. This town is clearly not safe enough for you all. The adults here are cruel, unkind. I can take care of you. No, these children are here to get their inheritance. Exactly. That's why I was had my Krampy bring them here. Where is that scamp, anyway? The greedy ice witch. So hungry for labor that she would make someone spend all night at work. We had conversation about fate. <laughs> we paid it forward. <laughs> hmm. And tell me, Faust, where is he? We is thought he that he would be here. Oh, no. You seem to misunderstand. I sent out Faust to get proof of their inheritance for them so they would believe it. After all, that wicked man, he had been keeping it in his office. And who better to steal it back than himself? 
So I ask again, where is Faust? Huh. Was he crampy? He was a crampy, very well put together. The greediest of the greedy get punished for being naughty. We also had conversation about fate with him then. Oh. <laughs> hmm. <sighs> and that terrible, terrible landlord, Victor, that miserly man, making it so hard for an honest woman to enjoy a good long night. They'll be better off in another town, you know. That was the... Ah, uh, that was that was the first Crampy, then. Yes. Tell me. I sent him to burn down his own tavern so that he would have nothing left, and the children would have a good reason to leave undercover. After all, perhaps they burned in that fire, and no one will come looking for them when I take them back home. I'm sorry, none of your plans worked the way they were supposed to. Really? Shit. Do you, do you yeah. see burning <laughs> building over there? Do, it, does it look like it burned to you? Just gonna, like, point over towards um, Seymour real quick. Yeah, um, friend cut all of them in half. Well, some of them were eaten by dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> two, two of them were eaten by dog. Uh, two-thirds. Majority. The only worthwhile dogs. dog I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think he takes out a list and says, What are all of your names? The dog's name is Max. The dog's name <laughs> is Max. Max, Max. I don't see a Max on my list. Okay, you can add No, it. that can't be right. Okay. What about you? My name is Vitasia. There's no Vitasia on this list either. Yes, that's right. I am Fizzledorp. Fizzledorp? No. My name is Doshe Plops. There's no Doshe. This can't be right. But my list said everyone in this town was crooked and naughty. Wait, is my name on that list? I'm I'm the mean one, uh, Mr. Grinch. There's no mention of a Mr. Grinch on my list. Du- you should du- check it double check. <laughs> I've checked it twice. There's still no Mr. Grinch. Maybe list is not as comprehensive as you thought. Uh, maybe there are good people in town who you are unaware of because they are not on your list of naughty persons. I think the Krampus kind of steps back a little bit. His eyes seem wide. Like he hadn't considered that perhaps just because there's a lot of bad people doesn't mean there's also a lot of good people. And I think he grits his teeth and says, huh. And here was me thinking I was too old to learn any lessons. And this is the part where I real, uh, reveal, you could have been on the naughty list. If you hadn't oh. done certain things, like telling Isolde that's not his fault, that uh, his dad is dead, or eating the cookies on your own instead of uh, sharing them, or um, any number of small things, you could have been on the naughty list this year, and you would have been turned into crampies. Wow. But it looks like there's so much good in all of your hearts that Mr. Krampus has no choice but to back down. You're going to find a lot of bad people sometimes because there's just a lot of people. Hmm. Would you like to come eat boar and meet people who are not bad? Would you like to make a diplomacy check to the fucking Krampus? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I would like that. That's good. Okay, go for it. (laughs) This is called Will It Friend. Oh, 23! (laughs) <laughs> now, the Krampus is a real creature that's like CR 23, but that would be fucking bullshit here. <laughs> so I'm going to make this the, the standard DC for your level. And I think the Krampus clicks his tongue and he puts his hat back on and just looks like a particularly unkempt, jolly fellow and says, hmm, 
maybe just this once I'll spend long night with some others. So, as you enter the tavern, you see smiling faces huddled by the fire. Pamela quickly comes to the door and wraps Isolde in a blanket and hugs him and Armand. Uh, Hal, he runs out to both of them as well uh, and offers Isolde uh, one of the presents he got. A carved duck, which he, you overhear him calling his new favorite toy. And although at first Isolde recoils, he eventually takes it reluctantly and then smiles. Um, Armand uh, bottles up to Pamela a little bit and drops a sack of gold from their inheritance on the ta- uh, bench, uh, smiling and saying that he likes this ta- or she likes this tavern and she wants everyone to be happy this long night. Pay it forward. Yep, pay it forward. They're going to buy a room for as long as, quote, this will get them. Pamela smiles and looks at Yah, and Yah says, Well, with that much gold, I think you can stay forever and ever. Hey. Some cookies are shared. Tears are wiped away. They hug each other. Everyone hugs each other. And Yah brings out a big roast pig, which, as you all sit around, the Krampus is the one to... Uh, carve the first slice off. And although no one ever catches the stranger's name, perhaps for the first time in a long time, the stranger is truly jolly for long nights. And I hope everyone at home listening has a very happy long night as well. <laughs>